I'm actually gonna shout out to Re just because I mean she does always listen, God. but she killed it on my birthday. She treated me really well. She made sure that I was able to do whatever I wanted to do. She didn't push anything on me and everything like that. So it was really nice. Yeah, one day a year, bro. Yeah, one day a year. She actually gave me two. She gave me my birthday and then she gave me Saturday as well. She, I like how she gives you this. Like you get these. It's like she basically just gave you Black History Month. Well, it's kind of a deal. You got, you got like, February. Fam. She, <laughs> she gets she gets 363 and you get two. Yeah, yeah pretty so. much. Yeah. Well, no, it's definitely like she gets four days out of those seven day week, and then I'll get the other three. Little problem, and we'll fix it in post. Playing devil's advocate, as you get you a chance. Who can it be? Hit it, Brad. Daddy, your baby's daddy, spitting comedy, magically scoring out your comic book wannabes. You're gonna be hit with a hook. I'll turn your face into a tragedy. Be with the chemistry, dropping recipes and melodies, recipe especially using dark. The hardest part of the show is listening to Stevie sing. When all I want to do is talk about. The important shit we got to say. <laughs> and everything Andy says is apparently important. I got that from his podcast I listen to. Like he always starts talking to people and when they're in the middle of their shit. He goes, hey, and then he starts playing the music. He starts talking. I know I can't sing. Welcome, Oh, let's add more music to the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Guys, you guys are trolling me, huh? You guys are both inaudible right now. Yeah, I was. And I was trying to ground, drown him out. Right now, he, he was drowning me out. Who decided to try us out? They all turned it off. You're probably because right. of you two just now. That's fair. That's fair. Welcome, yeah. welcome. Welcome, this welcome. Goodbye, goodbye, the or whatever. Alcoholic cast. We are your hosts. I am Chris Smith. Do my right. Chris Smith. <laughs> the fuck was? That? I don't know. I'm just doing stuff, dude. Let it flow. Uh, Let it flow. Good point. <laughs> Solid point, champ. Come on, champ. Solid point, Jim. Chris Smith, I love your mug, son champ. of Odin Smith. So do I. <laughs> Grandson of, of Odin Smith. Of Noah Smith. <laughs> Odin's Odin's son. My, my co-host over here is a beautiful Shannon Let's Go Briggs. <laughs> Let's Go Champ Briggs. Oh, yeah. Mug. From really the Let's Go Champ store.com. Owned by Shannon Briggs. <laughs> you can go there on that website. You can get all your Let's Go Champ merchandise, <laughs> shirts, hats, sweaters oh, for men wait, and women. Sponsor us? Plus mugs, <laughs> sponsor shot glasses. <laughs> no? Oh, I'll audit that out then. <laughs> it don't matter, man. Dude, actually something I learned Let's Go today. Champ is a global movement that affects <laughs> hey, everyone in a positive way. Let's Go Champ is bigger way. than me or you, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's bigger than you and I, bro. It's bigger than your commercial bullshit. <laughs> something uh, I learned today, though, was it finding... Helps people. I said it to several people that it helped them. Finding a legit pop culture t-shirt online company that, like, I'm not getting shammed on, that they're not waiting to get all this money, and then they'll actually make the shirts, and it's going to take you a fucking month to get one fucking shirt. It was actually kind of hard to find a decent website that was like, yeah, seven days, and we'll get you this fucking shirt or whatever. Fucking pisses me off. Also, wait, I have one. Pisses me. I have one thing I wanted to say for this news. The news, actually, do your. Do you got a shout out? I don't have a shout out. Fuck Uh, everybody. You guys don't. Shout out to the. I mean, this is basically. I'm just kidding. End of the year episodes. These last four. So shout out to everybody. I guess these last four next four weeks. I'm kind of confused. I don't know. Are we doing shout outs for both right now? I don't give a fuck. I just don't don't have any shout outs. We don't have any shout outs. Yeah, we don't have any shout outs. So let's just cut that all out. Fuck all that. Um, but I do have one thing. So. If you have an uh, iPhone, why can't you just fucking rent a movie for a dollar? How come you can go to a red box or whatever? You can fucking put your card in. You can get a movie, no fucking problem. Yeah, I can't fucking just go on here and rent a movie for a dollar. What the fuck's up with that? That doesn't bug you guys at all? Is that a shotgun thought? No. <laughs> you just, you just, you just invented a new app. 
How is that not hey, a thing? You just blew my fucking mind. I think it's not a thing because <laughs> of thing. no, it's not a thing because of Apple. I think if we all had like HTC or, or a Samsung or whatever, then it there's there's an app for that through those platforms. But because we have an iPhone and there's the iTunes Store and they have all the movies on the iTunes Store and you can rent it for five fucking dollars. Um, I think what is this, that's blockbuster why. Champ? Yeah, it's like a monopoly on it. They're like, no, you have an oh, iPhone, so you have to order it. That is legend. You have to order it through iTunes. And then on top of that, if you have a Chromecast, you can't just cast it. You have to fucking get Apple TV and then do it. It's just so fucking re- like the monopoly. The monopolies within the phone companies are drunk. so fucking ridiculous. No, this is just something I. No, like yeah, the monopolies too. in the phone companies <laughs> are fucking bullshit, and ago. it makes me super fucking frustrated. It's everywhere. Look at look at the little boxing that you talk about. How there's so many promoters, and it's like, well, you can't. We can't fight. You can. Like, yeah, it's pretty much the same won't thing. Fight yeah, other it promoters could be. and shit. They have to be like under the same blanket of, like of promoters, right? Is that how it goes at or some shit? It was like HBO, that for a It's better now. It's it's different. Oh, yeah. It's like they basically there was a cold war going along where like Cold War. <laughs> yeah, like we're not gonna my fighters aren't gonna fight your fighters, bullshit. Just like you when you wanted me to kill those teenagers to stop the Russians. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Deep Freddy. cuts. <laughs> Deep cuts. Off to a slow start, ladies uh, and gentlemen. Good, slow going, start. What about uh? Do you guys see all this uh, Kanye West news about oh him my God, meeting dude. up with Trump? Trump. How oh, now they're buddy buddy? Dude, how amazing was that video? I watched it like six times. I showed all my friends. Wait, which video? The one of the, him just walking into the the one of them walking out of the interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah And yeah. it's like a minute and twenty seconds of gold, just pure <laughs> fucking. It's gold. The material's so good. Why did you think it was so good? I kind oh of my was God, I was listen to the dialogue. It's fucking beautiful. <laughs> It's the most, it's a Nathan for you skit. Yeah, I swear yeah. to God, dude. It's that, it, it's just what like, they say, oh what, my God, you haven't seen it. Dude, they walk out and there's cameras fucking flashing and everything. It's, it's Trump, just him and Kanye West, right? And they stand there for a photo. Yeah, they're pretty much. And people are asking questions like, hey, you know, are you thinking about running next year or 2020? They're asking him all these dumb questions and Trump's just saying things. So like, they're asking him questions and Trump's like, he's a good man. He's, <laughs> he's just talking man. about Kanye. Friends for a long time. Talked about life. Life. <laughs> just like, they're just sitting there. And they're all asking Kanye questions. Like, for time. Kanye gets like six questions. He's just smiling like this. He's just standing there smiling. Like, you know that moment to where you think oh, you're taking a picture? Oh, he had the sniper fucking yeah. targeted like, him. Right? <laughs> you know when someone says they're taking a picture of you and they have it on film? And you're yeah. like, did you just video camera that? That's what it seemed like. And they kept asking him questions, asking him questions. And finally he was like, I just want to take a picture. <laughs> I just want to take a picture. Wow. And then he, like, hugs him. It just, dude, it was so fucking awkward and weird. But the way that he said, like, life. Talked about life. Hold on. I, the problem I have with it is that dude just was checked in to a mental health institution. Which and we're going to let him. Oh, which one? <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Trump owns the mental institution, bro. That's where he was visiting. Trump well, Towers. You're right. Killed that's a real, boy. that's an insane asylum <laughs> in New York. That's what fucking. Well, we better be careful because. We better be careful, guys, because apparently we're not being equal. Because we have a couple of small town listeners who feel we're not being equal. So that's. that's we talk shit about fucking liberals every episode. <laughs> oh, Colton. And it's like, yeah, it's like, come oh, on. Oh, yeah, Colton. Good come Colton. on, man. Our firefighter friend. I guess come we're on, champ. Shout out to Colton. <laughs> <laughs> come on, champ. My bad. <laughs> Hillary's a cunt, too. What do you want me to say? Um, Hillary's funny and she's the funniest. Women Hillary's are funny. Smart and funny, yeah. Get over it. We know that. <laughs> Get over it, Colton. <laughs> so we've had this reoccurring theme of music. 
So let's uh let's just get right into it. Last week we revealed, <laughs> we reviewed uh, the Childish Gambino. Why don't you spit album. bars? Why don't you spit some bars to get us into J Cole right now? <laughs> I'm not a I'm not a rapper, bro. My name is Chris. I, I never claimed that I, I was a rapper. Shia LaBeouf and me, we're going to do some shit. No, I'm just. I'm just <laughs> Come on, Mister Writer. I don't rapper. say I'm a rapper though. Oh, but you you do you play the guitar? You make songs, I can, bro. Yeah, I've I've written some uh, s- spoken words. <laughs> spoken words. I can't rap. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm not legally allowed to rap. I'm a childish Gambino stan. You're a child. Is that what you said? Or I'm a child <laughs> or um sorry, I'm a childish Gambino stan, or I would say I'm also a chance stan. What what would you say to that? What what does the stan part mean to you? What do you mean? That's what I'm asking. Stan, what is what it? Do you, like, that's I what feel I'm like asking. you just made a word up. Yeah, I, so I'm we're confused about what is it? <laughs> da- I already know Dak. I don't know. <laughs> you can't fucking say anon to us when we don't. We don't no, have no, 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 any. No, no, no. I was just refer- because within the hip hop community, being a stan is a thing. So if we both, everyone's heard of. The I'm a stan my ground sort of guy. The Eminem, <laughs> the Eminem song called Stan. Have you oh, heard it? Oh, okay, yeah, duh. Of course, I know. And I was about the whole it? thing. Have you oh. heard it? No, I didn't grow up in the 90s at all. Okay, so everyone's heard the Eminem song called Stan, and it's about Eminem's biggest yeah. fan. So that's what a Stan is. So whenever I'm going to, because I'm going to be referring to Stans instead of biggest fan. What you're saying is fan. that you're going to fucking write term. weird letters because you're, you're it's actually a new term. And then you're going to kidnap your girlfriend hey, for another person. Put her in the trunk. Hey, hey, somebody driving and send her the And it's going to be like, I'm not doing anything. Oh my God, he didn't retweet me. I'm going to kill myself. I'm not doing anything. Be a fucking Stan all day, you fucking saying that it's a term and that it is used okay the biggest fan i'm not the biggest you're making our generation look stupid (laughs) i'm not doing it okay i am just simply following a trend okay sorry that i follow trends you don't shut up name one chris shut up chris Uh name one chris he's better than mm because like well, I didn't slit her throat. I just tied her up. See, I ain't like you. Because if you suffocate yourself more, then she'll die too. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. He's a good guy. Copy written. Whatever. Anyways, okay. What's yeah, funny yeah, is the I kid who I played Casper played Stan in that music yeah, video. Yeah, yeah. Really? I didn't know that. Damn. It's a funny world we live in. <laughs> He's also in Idle Hands. Sounds exact. Yeah, that, dude, that's a fucking underrated movie right there. Good movie and Monkey Bones. Yeah, <laughs> underrated Monkey movie. Bones. I like Monkey Bones. I watched it. Monkey I watched Bones it is not underrated though. <laughs> I watched it recently. Chris Catania. I watched underrated. it recently too. <laughs> not a fan. Corky Romano is underrated. <laughs> I'll give you Corky Romano. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll give you Corky Romano. I am not moving on Monkey Bone. <laughs> Who the fuck? Why these movies? <laughs> Come on, you don't you, like some I watched movies. them in your house. <laughs> <laughs> let's get back to the let's get back to not monkey bones <laughs> right so music okay yeah recently the new uh, J. Cole album got dropped wait so we were saying which wait let's go back I was talking to about the stands. stand let's go back to the stand I was just talking then. so the whole reason that I even brought up stands and everything was to say that I'm just not a stan of J. Cole so I'm the biggest fan of let's say a Childish Gambino I'm the biggest fan of let's say a Chance um, but I'm not the biggest fan of J. Cole so I don't really know I got started on J. Cole. I mean, you could have just said that, but all right. I wanted to say Stan because within the hip-hop community, it gives them a little Easter egg or whatever. It gives them something like, oh, he knows the hip-hop But now you described us and all the white people know it too. <laughs> why, why does it got to be white? Why can't Because it's black? funnier that way. <laughs> so I'm just not the biggest Cole fan. So there, I have a limited view on what I have seen. So I came in and I fucked around with J. Cole when his second album called 2014 Forest Hills came out. There was like two albums before that. 
And there was also a couple mixtapes, and then he releases his new album. So I came in, and I didn't really know anything about J. Cole before Forest Hills. I came in with Forest Hills, and what I learned is he might not be the best rapper lyrically. He's not going to surprise you with a bunch of synonyms and metaphors. and Similes? Synonym is also... Yeah, synonym, synonym is another word for a word. Yeah, different word right. for a word. Simile exactly. is something like, right. this is like this. It's all three. Synonyms, metaphors, and similes. Um, he's not one to actually do that. Rather, he's one to give you a story within one song. And that was actually what really pushed me towards really enjoying J. Cole. Is what he would do is he wouldn't make the entire album like one overwhelming arc instead of like the whole album you start here and then you end here um the premise of the album is you became a man as in childish Gambino or whatever no instead what he does is he makes these little stories in each a song man. He never got off that bus, of the album and he completes each arc so the first song one it'll have an arc song two it'll have an arc song three and it'll go from beginning middle to end so that he's a great storyteller and so <clears throat> with this new album what he did was something that he didn't do on any of the other albums because usually he's a little catchy and he likes his choruses and and his hooks. So he likes to give you something that you can get caught on to so then you can so people kind of say that he's somewhat mainstreamy and it doesn't bother me at all. But he wants to be someone who's thought of as prolific or a, a visionary. Like, like a Kanye West, you would no, say. Or like I a would Trump. S- Okay, Kanye's fair, yeah. Like he wants to be someone who's known as like the leader, who's known like as a like Chris a, a trendsetter. A Chris Kattan. <laughs> so stupid. Uh. I mean, disappear in the nineties and never come back again. <laughs> hey, I'm elusive, bro. I'm <laughs> But uh, I don't think he is that. I think what he thinks of himself is a lot more than what he actually is. Chris Kattan's like a Tupac. <laughs> stupid. Maybe we just broke the internet. <laughs> so 2014 Forest <laughs> Hills was actually a really great album in my opinion it actually got a lot of flack uh, there was all this and that and people hate it like his hardcore fans they didn't enjoy it because I guess it didn't have like the cool bars or whatever but for me I didn't have anything before Forest Hills so when I came into it that's the J. Cole that I know Yeah. and what he was to me when I first started and still is is a storyteller of course he's still a rapper and whatnot. and yeah there'll be a couple Similes, metaphors, bars, but mainly <laughs> what he is is a storyteller. Yeah. So he's going to tell you a story in each one of his songs, and then there it's like is a mortal be... technique. He just yeah. all, like always has a story to fucking tell. Exactly, atmosphere the same way. No, it has a little bit. Like, yeah, atmosphere yeah. That, 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 as well. So which I like those. But what he artists. did this album instead of all these other albums is like all the other albums are his life experiences. So in twenty four. 14 Forest Hills that was his life when he was growing up in Forest Hills and each little song is a little tiny story from his history and he would uh, explain it have all these great stuff all these great things to say or wet dreams and all these fucking wet songs dreams. are so fucking they're they're so good because of the story like when you're listening to you're, it, you're, it's he's showing you his life through his music, right? Yeah, and it's a movie. Like the movie's playing out in front of you. Like that, that's why 2014. Did Force he write Hills, a screenplay though? In my opinion, did he write a screenplay so though? No, no okay. he didn't. Okay, you can't just sit there and compare people to Donald Glover. That's not yeah. fair to anybody. <laughs> he that's also not fair to the rest of the population. <laughs> it's not at all. So when I came into this album, that's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting storytelling and a little bit of bars and whatnot. Oh, sorry to interrupt you. Dak told me that Donald Glover's old name used to be Don. 
He's called himself Don, Don, or Don Glover. And then he noticed when he wrote it down on he a piece of paper, it says Dong Lover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, fuck, how come nobody told me? <laughs> and it's like, no, you do you, pimp. That's your name. Did I say <laughs> this? I might not have even said this. Um, did I tell you how he even got the name Childish Gambino? Uh, this will be a quick No, you quick. did not. He went into the... Like, Dude, the... you've been holding out. <laughs> holding out on us. So Wu-Tang, when Wu-Tang was big and Wu-Tang was a thing and they were fucking dominating the rap game, they had dominating this thing that was called like, the Wu-Tang. Wu-Tang generator or whatever and what you would do is you would enter your name within the Wu-Tang generator and it would give you a name and that would be your name if you were in the Wu-Tang clan or whatever that was the whole premise of everything so he went in there put Donald Glover it's and like he got more. Childish Gambino so he used the but then what he did is he put Childish Gambino in there and it came back with Roscoe's wetsuit. And then what he did is he went back and left Roscoe's wetsuit as an Easter egg in all of his fucking music for someone to figure out what the fuck Roscoe's wetsuit meant. Whoa! <laughs> How did someone figure that fucking shit out? They obviously went into the Wu-Tang generator and typed in yeah. Childish Gambino. One of the fucking Wu-Tang claims, like, hey, Roscoe, some nigga's trying to steal your name. <laughs> so that's Roscoe's cool wetsuit? Sounds like a fucking... Like Ros- like a side fucking restaurant to Wasco's Chicken and Waffles. <laughs> so it's a fish no, market. <laughs> no, it's like it's the same guy who owns the chicken shop, but it, like he also is at the docks it's and a he lets sushi you place. he lets you rent his wetsuit. I just sell waffles and wetsuits. That might be the- that's, that's, that's a, a market. Ain't nobody touching. Ain't nobody touching this market. And I got this market first. This market. You name me three people selling this market. Nobody. It's a is. wicked good market. I'm gonna kid. F- once this sells, I'm gonna. Start doing eye patches, motherfucker. Wicked eye good patches and wetsuits. <laughs> you can feel like a pirate under the sea, there, kid. <laughs> Anyways, going back to the album. So what this album did that I feel that is different from Forest Hills and the other album that I've listened to, which is uh, Born Sinner. But then all those albums are storytelling. But then this album, there's also storytelling, but it's from someone else's perspective. So I've listened to the album. I know that, I, I'm listening to the same album that has the same thing. The guy is a storyteller, but he's telling it from females' perspective. It's weird. He's a, he's a male writer hmm. and an artist, which I was like, wow, that's kind of fucking cool. He's just giving a huh. different perspective on things. It's all the that's, new. That's Lumineers pretty interesting. Album, yeah. And so what all the hardcore fans and the stands and everything, and this <laughs> is this is the entire consensus of the album. So there was this guy that was apparently J Cole's boy. And he was a criminal. He was a drug dealer and whatnot. Well, apparently he met a girl. We all have one of those. <laughs> met a girl. Got the girl pregnant. Oh, it's locked. My bad. Yeah, shit's still locked. Got the girl pregnant. And then while the lady was pregnant, started rethinking his entire life. He's like, fuck, I don't want to be a criminal. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. And during this entire process, he's sitting there talking to Cole about it. Well, then he's, he has a daughter. His daughter pops out, and he's like, well, now I have a meaning in life. Before, I was all about selling drugs. Before, I was all about being a hustler. I was about getting my paper. I was about doing this. I didn't really have uh, any goal or drive in life. And he said once he had this daughter, now he's got a, he's got direction, and he knows what he needs to be doing. He needs yeah. to be creating the best life for his daughter. And so It's crazy how you can this can entire happen. But that guy wound up getting killed, okay? But the fucked up thing is about it is he said he had a vision about being killed so what he did was he wrote an album probably like a 10 song album and it was for his daughter explaining everything that was happening in his life so he wrote this album explaining to his daughter if he died 
what happened, who he was, what he was about, and all that stuff. And then he actually died. And then what happened was he, so before he died, he had this vision. He had all these fucking things. He, he had a hunch. He had this, this gut feeling that he was going to die. And so he goes to Cole and he says, Cole, um, I don't think I'm going to make to see my daughter's fifth birthday or whatever it might be. But what I did was is I, is I wrote this tape. And I want to give it to you, and then you can, like, just kind of store it away or whatever. And it's called For Her Eyes Only. And what I want you to do is, is if I die, and this premonition does come true, I want you to play her this tape. Whoa, what? And I think what Cole did. Beautiful. Insane. <laughs> that's so, that's a movie. It is. It is a movie. Yeah, it is. But I think what Cole Based did. Is yeah, no, story. Yeah, that, that, that already is a movie. It is uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, it's yeah. The same thing. My bad. I forgot. Same totally forgot. I read the screenplay. I know. That was the original screenplay, right? No, that's what happened in the movie. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Kind of, like, the mom gets cancer. I don't want to spoil Spoil it. Here's one um, last uh -huh. mixtape, and then, like, he doesn't, he, at the end of the movie, he's always had this little thing, mm -hmm. and then at the end of the movie, he finally listens to it, and it's a deeper meaning and a deeper connection to his dead fucking mom uh -huh. in space. Get over your dead <laughs> <laughs> Get over your dead parents. <laughs> in space. In space. Superman. Star Lord. So, but there is. There's like a certain tone to it. So like some of the tracks, it feels like you're seeing it from Cole's perspective. And then some of the tracks, you feel like it's coming from that dude. So I think what Cole did, and I think what happened, this is purely speculation at this point. Because Cole hasn't came out and done any interviews yet. He hasn't done shit. He released the album and went fucking quiet. He hasn't said anything about it. And eventually he's going to come out and he's going to say all this. So right now this is all pure speculation, but I'm pretty sure the whole story about his dude dying and everything, that's all true. And that's in the album. You can hear it. He says it. He's like, um, something was like, oh, you were only 22. He was only 22. We need to rethink Damn. what we're doing. Fifth within. birthday. What were you, 13 when you have a children? <laughs> dude, 20, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. So he was 17. Like, it's not that big of a thing to think about. Yeah, it's so crazy. Anyways, I can't math. <laughs> so, uh, I think what happened though is the dude wrote like, I want to say like a, a true mixtape at the time. So it was probably like five or six songs and Cole knew that that's not going to be enough to make it into an, an album. album. Yeah. So what I think he did is he interjected himself and he would, he, some of the songs are his perspective of things. And then it goes into his dude's perspective of he filled things. in the blanks. Exactly. Kinda, he filled yeah. in the blanks. So instead of it being a five track mixtape that he comes out and releases, he puts five more tracks into it makes it into an album and then he can actually give it to you I as think that's also beautiful because it's also like you get the perspective of the close friend who realizes that oh I see that you've always been a fuck up and then now you finally found something that's going to put you on the straight and narrow you found a better reason to live a reason to change who you are you found the greatest meaning in life and I think that that's beautiful from my perspective and to throw that into the album is really cool I was just about to say the same thing yeah he because you can only see your own perspective it's, you know if you're if it's your story so I think it's really cool that his like as a good friend someone who's a big fucking name artist for him to even do that that's like the most non-selfish thing what's ever crazy. Yeah, that's what's crazy some of these fucking yeah. proceeds better go to the fucking yeah. widow or whatever to the girl. oh what if he donated his all his proceeds to the album to the daughter I mean all. he should he I should. can't cause she's fictional I made the whole thing up bro you fucking <laughs> fell for the, the thing is I don't think this is gonna be an album where he goes on tour like he went on tour with the last album like a, a year long tour yeah it's gonna he be hard to go on tour with album. like songs that I don't think it's gonna be a tour at all and I actually think he's gonna come out with another album next year probably mid-summer that'll be more of a J. Cole album because this doesn't necessarily feel there are times where you're like oh no that's cool that's cool that's cool 
But then there are times where you're like, whoa, like this isn't very cold. This that isn't ain't cold? like I don't know who this yeah. is. And it's like, whoa. So essentially this dude is rapping from the dead. And that's what I got from the album. I just said that. Full circle. Said that. Just like Corky Romano, I said whatever. Um <laughs> Chris Katan. He's a corky. He's the corky Shakur. <laughs> 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 rapping yeah, so. from the dead a lot of rappers do that I never really hear any rock musicians rapping from the dead obviously they're in the wrong genre of like music <laughs> so uh, all in all there's probably there's 10 tracks on it it's only about 44 minutes uh, I would say it's kind of a short that's like a fucking almost, yeah, it's I mean, a little bit longer than an EP there's I mean, two tracks on there that are just like bleh like so like I almost skip them every time but I don't out of just like respect, respect. yeah <laughs> respect the dead hey, yeah. respect yeah. <laughs> respect the because dead because the meaning champ. behind like the meaning behind all the songs is there but some of it's just like man this is this you wanna is, hate you it missed, but you, you feel bad you missed on this one bro <laughs> yeah. like this, this should be on the B cut side <laughs> of the album he has a song about bitches just in the middle of it all these hoes you know like just fucking getting pussy and shit and then it's like but, yeah my dead daughter the next song but happy all fifth all, birthday all in all I really enjoyed the album um, it really hits you in the feels uh, it makes you start thinking about stuff even if like you're not a drug dealer or anything like that it gives you <laughs> <laughs> Hey, heads up. Oh, that's just Alan Contact right there. He hit you in the feels even if you're not a drug dealer. That's the name of the podcast. That's the, name, that's the title of this episode. Um, so it's just, it's nice to see a different perspective on things and whatnot. So I actually really enjoyed the album. And the last song on the album is the story, essentially. Like, Cole kind of goes into the conversation he had with the dude. And, like, he was like, play this for my daughter. It's called For Her Eyes Only. And then he releases it. It's called name For it Your for... Eyes Only. Oh, so. t- that's, what, that's the album yeah. name? Yeah, it's that's called fucking For Your awesome. Eyes Only. Yeah. The thing is, that's is Cole's cool, though, trying man. to be, like, prolific. And he's trying to be this Kanye. And he's not. Like, he's not. And, like, he doesn't come out with anything that's ever... Like, oh, man, that was fucking, it flipped the game on its head or anything you know like that. Like, that's do? exactly what he Kanye did. He needs to did. quit He's... in the middle of a concert. That's what he needs ah! to do if he wants some <laughs> attention. So ridiculous. Uh, I just don't think he's on that level. I, I think he's great, and he's good, and he needs to keep doing it, but I, I think he needs to kind of, like, get out of his ego a little bit, kind of, like, step away from himself and, and get a little bit more centered, and I think that that would actually create a better album. I, I saw someone future. post something the other day of just, like, how uh, he has great vocabulary. Like, his vocabulary is super high up on the list because there's this huge list. Travis, mm-hmm. the, the guy that I work with that I'm talking about, he's all hip-hop. Like, that's all he listens to all the time. He defends Kanye fucking West all the time. Like, old that's stuff. Fine. Music. That's fine. Yeah, he's like, don't, he's like I, I love his music, Kanye, but he's like, a fucking yeah. moron, yeah. But uh, he, <laughs> he always he talks about like, certain rappers and, like, their high vocabulary. There's, like, this huge list. It's, like, mm-hmm. a membrane in the center of, like, how many words they use on yep. the list of vocabulary. And then Aesop Rock, this right yep. rapper, is the biggest, has the biggest vocabulary but in rap history. But the problem, history. okay, but the problem with that list and the problem with Aesop is Aesop will, will give you a word that's, like... 17 syllables and everything but there's no context anything and sometimes we'll put words together reading the dictionary seriously no that's exactly what it is so sometimes like Aesop's a little over now don't get me wrong like he has some really great songs in there but there's also a lot that's like what like I don't understand like the the words back to back don't make sense sometimes he's just saying big words got my Zillow cyber phone when I'm looking at Zillow (laughs) 
Now that's not all the songs, and, and Aesop the is definitely <laughs> the best right. with vocabulary for yeah. sure. But like, if you want to talk about the best rappers alive, I honestly don't even think Aesop's in the top five. No, he was just saying but most vocabulary. He was yeah. just telling me vocabulary for sure. He was just telling yeah. me the vocabulary. Yeah. Like, whoa, and like, uh, murder. Ja Rule's like hella low on the <laughs> yeah, list. I have that same. I don't know my fucking phone. Yo, and teach me that, how to read. I so I fucking. Oh yeah, I have that same fucking list. I'll show ja you. Ja Rule, God. Ja Rule's. Oh, can you really hate? Someone called Ja Rule. I need to find. Can you really hate on somebody who's made a bunch of money by having a limited vocab? Like, come on. Uh Yeah, limited vocab. (laughs) Limited vocab. But as I'm saying it, I'm realizing my error. (laughs) That's that's crazy. Oh, limited vocab. How can I live without you? Like, how can I be without you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like at least DMX Murder. barked into the mic every now and then. Dude, DMX, come on! That's what I thought. That's scary. <laughs> That's fucking terrifying. Stop! We keep going back to the nineties. This entire shut him down. Open up shop. <laughs> Whoa. So yeah, I think Cole's album's it, it's. It's pretty good. Mediocre. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, mediocre is fine. Uh, I'm kidding, if, like, yeah. if you're not a hip hop fan, his daughter's name is mediocre. You making fun of her, dude? You My might bad. not like it if you're not like a true hip hop fan. I really enjoyed it. If you enjoy storytelling, you you will like this album. But her dad got shot nine times. <laughs> Speaking yeah, what, of albums, what, what was his music about? He got shot nine times. That was fifty. No, One of the most yeah. underrated albums of all time, 50 Cent. Chris Rock was talking about right? But what has he done since? What, but has, hey, he, what has he done for me lately? He's st- vitamin <laughs> water commercials. <laughs> and then he did uh, Make Ice Water Challenge. Yeah. Make fun of an illiterate? Yeah. How dare you? He, got fucking, he did, though. He got punched out by Floyd Mayweather, too. <laughs> oh, he did not. What? That was years he ago. He got punched nine times. <laughs> <laughs> So what we're going to do now is uh, we're going to mix it up a little bit. We're going to go a little bit of underrated albums, albums that we feel don't get enough love, that everybody should probably listen to just just at least one time and be rocking. Any genre. Any no genre. Limits, anything. Yeah, any genre. For our whole lives. <laughs> any part of it. Of history. <laughs> Beethoven. That's where I'm going with this, son. We're going old school, kid. That's it? That's it. Just play a little little, little snippet from oh. songs. Classic songs. Classic songs gone bad. I like it, though. Wait, wait. wait. It reminded me of uh, Desperado. <laughs> yeah, it's fl- that's a flamenco style. It's, Sp- it's a Spanish guitar song. Oh, you guys go first. Oh, I will not go first. You go I'll, first. Go, I'll go first. I feel like y'all are going to close out strong anyways. I might as well start. Mm, start. <laughs> I'm going to start, kid. Start the fucking music, though. <laughs> Sing the fucking song. Okay, um, that album looks hurt, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Did it sound like the guy? <laughs> okay. When you first suggested this uh, little music topic, I had a band immediately in mind and an album as well. But when I thought more about it, I was like, actually, actually, I guess one of their better albums, and a lot of people do love it. So it doesn't seem as underrated. 
the ba- the band I'm talking about is the Offspring. Oh, oh fucking! Um, oh, I picked the Offspring too. Same. Oh album. fuck you! No, I didn't. <laughs> but dude, Offspring is gonna, definitely underrated. I like if a you motherfucker. were gonna do some fucking. What sucks about the Offspring is that there's certain song like every album has a silly song in it. That's stupid. Like uh, hit that or doggy do or pretty fly pretty fly for a white guy mm-hmm. horrible songs that get played out on top of being horrible and then of course they also have songs that are that are good when you first hear them but they play them out like self esteem they play it out on the radio almost every day mm-hmm. so nobody likes it anymore but they are legitimately a pretty good fucking band dude they're an amazing <laughs> fucking band my dude. favorite song for them is you're gonna go far dude. show me how to lie you're getting better all the time and turning all against one isn't art that's hard to teach another clever word sets off an unsuspecting hurt and as you step back in the line a mom jumps to their feet now dance Speaking of which, that's the album I'm picking. No way! Rise and Fall, Rage and Grace. It came out in uh, 2012. That, you're picking that's a that's a way later album. I thought you were gonna yeah. pick Smash, or I thought you were gonna pick Smash. Americana, Extend on the Ombre. Sma- yeah, Smash is my f- uh has for the longest oh, time underrated. Yeah, underrated. Underrated. Yeah. Everyone knows Extend on the Ombre, Americana, and Smash. Smash. Right, yeah, yeah. fucking so amazing. Let me, let me get to the thing. Sorry, I'm excited. I know. So their first yeah, their first album came out, self-titled Offspring came out in '89. Smash, which was my favorite album of theirs forever, was in '94. And like, and that's a beloved album. It's really well received, and everyone loves that album. And they kept being really consistent for years. And then a lot of people would say that in uh, 2003, when Splinter came out, like ah, it wasn't that was good. I remember when Splinter came out, and we were hella stoked for that album. We were all, oh my god, like our friend, hey, I just bought Splinter, and we're like, holy shit! And we like rushed over to his house to listen to it for the first time, and we dug it. But there wasn't like it wasn't like fucking super life changing kind of thing. And then. Rise, Fall, Raging Grace came out in 2008. It was five years after Splinter. That's their longest stretch of inactivity between albums is five years. This, uh, um, and during all that time, the Offspring were kind of forgotten, I felt, largely. And even like uh, for all my friends, everyone stopped really listening. The Offspring stopped thinking, like, uh, caring about the new albums or anything like that. Like, oh, they're kind of done. And then this album came out, and I remember like, holy shit, it's a new album. And then I listened to it, and I really, really liked it. I remember it coming out, I didn't even give it a chance because of Splinter. Yeah, and I remember having, I, like, I remember telling sucks. you and all you the showed other me guys. a couple of the songs about war. One song that was badass Hammerhead. about war, yeah. And I, I remember um, trying to tell you guys, like, hey, you guys should really listen to the album. I'm, I really, I'm really digging it. It's actually really good. You should definitely give it a chance. And, like, no one really cared to give it a chance. Uh-huh. So even still, a lot of people... I gave it a chance. You just looked at the album. Yep, gave it a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't like the cover art. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a really cool cover art, though. <laughs> yeah, you. But, but um, Rise, Fall, Rage, and Grace. I I dug the album. I was listening to it on repeat for a long fucking time, and uh, just recently I started listening to the whole, like their whole library again. The past couple of days, because you were trying to get back into it. Yeah, trying to, to remember, same, trying to remember all the songs and all that kind of stuff. And did you remember? What's funny is um, you remembered. They really started out. Like, they're still categorized as a, a punk band, but that really only fits, like, their early stuff, I feel. Uh, the oh, first, yeah. The first three albums, which are Ignition, um, self-titled sure. Ignition and Smash, all three of those albums are very much punk. They have a feel. They have a grittiness to them. Yeah, Black Ball's a cla- – like, they do oh, that yeah, Black super Ball punk is rock. Probably their probably is like my favorite song from their first album. The one with 
Molotov cocktail on Ignition. Ignition's all about like anarchy. Like it's an anarchist album, Absolutely. so it's totally and Smash and Smash is very much. It starts. It's a little bit anarchical, but mostly it's like fuck the system. Yeah. And like I, I being love pissed Smash. off about everything. Like, like I think Smash of any album uh, has the best start. To, like their first song, Nitro, mm-hmm. it's the perfect way to start the overall arcing theme. Like after that, th- then was Ixnay on the Umbre, and then they started to uh, deviate a little bit from that punk rock feel to it, which. Then they started to get more and more to Americana, which, which then to Conspiracy they, of One, yeah. then to Splinter. And it came more and more kind of mainstream. But, but the thing is, when I think of punk rock, and of course I'm not I'm no fucking expert on the fucking genre. <laughs> but when I think about punk rock, I think of something very gritty, something that isn't at all studio produced. Like when you, most uh, mainstream music, there's a cleanness to it, um, a shimmer and a shine to it. We're like, oh, we're using all this technology to make our sound perfect. But punk rock shouldn't be that. Punk rock should be no fuck, like same as fuck the system. Like fuck, fuck, what, them, er, yeah. fuck the way everyone else does it. This is gritty. This is in the garage. Fucking we're getting whatever we can together. You like that we're in your face, to, bro? To make enough <laughs> noise because we have a we have something to say and we're trying to get across to you as loud and as angrily as possible. I can be a punk rock singer because I can't sing. That's basically what it is. Yeah, you it's get like, away with a lot of that. Just yeah, a lot of there's a lot of yelling. Man. Bill like, Cosby's a like, punk rocker, dude. Like in Blackball and uh, and shit like that and um and a lot of stuff in Ignition and Smash. It's a, there's not a whole lot of great singing in it. But you, it, you can almost feel like as Dexter became a better singer, the song started to change a little mm-hmm. less punk rock. But um, and then you have Rise Fall Raging Grace, which doesn't feel like a punk rock album mm, at all. Nope. It's so different from Smash. Those are my two favorite albums of theirs. I love Rise Fall Raging Grace because I feel like this was their last hurrah. They've come out with an album since. That's the one that came out in 2012, and it's really bad, <laughs> notoriously bad. Cracked even did a video about bands who like sold out and fucked up all their you past messages. To Dexter and he's a Offspring was on it. Like mm-hmm. that was, was their number one example. And like I listened to the songs, like what the fuck is going on here? So it seems like all of their last things that they needed to say, that they felt they had to say, they put it all into this one album, and it came out great. And I think that's worth it to never get another good Offspring album again. I'm fine with that because of all the really good stuff we have and the fact that we got Rise, Fall, Raging Grace. The majority of their albums are good. That's that's a great thing. The majority. I don't. Some people no come out with one I good album and like, fucking just a suck. couple songs. You know what I mean? <laughs> Some people come out with one good album and then fuck all the rest. You know, but at least majority of their albums all the way up until Very at least Splinter. Conspiracy of One was still great. You know what I mean? I like some songs on Splinter. Look, yeah, exactly. Conspiracy ones. Vultures? Are you kidding? Dude, great song. Oh my god, Vultures is so fucking Still fucking jam out to that shit. Vultures. Well, put, now, keeps, I'm putting that on there. Just keeps, you just keep naming Osprey songs. I'm gonna throw them in the episode. I want to, but he keeps make sure you do like 30 seconds. Dude, no. Oh yeah, no, no. Stevie. The only reason I did that is because shut up. Denial revisited.
doing no Dude, pay the man. That was on Americana. Also Americana. Well, fuck you! Okay, uh, so of the three songs that I wanted to really highlight in this album, uh, the first one is actually, it's very sappy and sad. And you're like, oh, you pussy, when you hear this song when Stevie plays this clip. But it's called, uh, Christy, Are You Doing Okay? There's a moment in time, and it's stuck in my mind. Way back when we were just kids, cause your eyes told the tale of an act of Somebody did Oh, waves of time Seem to wash away The scenes of our crimes For you this never ends Can you stay strong? It seems like a little poppy, and it's like, oh, what a fucking, oh, this is some super radio type bullshit. But uh, I love the lyrics in it, what he's saying, because it just feels like what he's talking to is like a girl that he went to high school with. Um, a girl who he saw and everyone saw had problems, and she acted out. She made a lot of mistakes in her life, and it comes to find out that she had a horrible, horrible home life. And it, it, she was uh, like sexually abused, and like it scarred her for life, and like it really damaged her. And he remembers seeing this, and he remember he says like, um, "I didn't see it when we were that we were too young. I couldn't notice all the things that now are evident to me." And like that's his message, and he's just wondering about this person. Like they weren't in a relationship, they weren't best friends. It's just a person he knew from his younger years and now he really cares and he wants to know that if she's okay and he's like please like and he says like one of the lines in the chorus is don't waste your whole life trying to get back what was taken away and like it was like holy shit and i've known <laughs> so many fucking uh so many girls that i went to school with that went through horrible sexual abuse and when they tell me about it it's so fucking heartbreaking and it's like i can see that and like the way their life trajected in a certain way and how things just got horrible and how they went through horrible experiences after the damage was done. And luckily, a lot of them have been able to climb their way out of that. And it's like that was so relatable when I first heard that those years ago. And it's still re-listening to the album and that song specifically. It hit me hard. And I think that even though it is a sappy song, it's, it's fucking awesome. Definitely. Nice, Chris, are you doing okay? Um, this is really hard to pick out. Uh, the next one is one that you actually alluded to. You said it was the one about war. It's yeah. called Hammerhead. I am the one, camouflage and guns. Risk my life to keep my people from harm. Authority vested in me. I sacrifice with my brothers in arms. Through this doorway, what's on the other side? Never knowing exactly what I'll find. Like to know it, voices scream and let's go. Come on, do it 
was the first one I think I heard. The only one I really heard from that album. Didn't they release it as like a solo song? Yeah, they made a music video too. Yeah, yeah, to like, hey, people, this is going to happen. We're coming out. Things going to happen for me. I'm Offspring. Offspring is, or not Offspring, but Hammerhead. Fucking Stevie, you fucked up my But Hammerhead anything. it's a song written from the perspective of a soldier in war. And it's all about the conflict and the rule, the mental anguish that goes through a soldier's head when he's decided to kill. The soldier's internal conflict is, is it okay for me to murder this person for the chance that that person might kill other people and I'm saving those lives? Is it okay to murder in that case? And he's the like, government says and it's, yes. al- it's almost as if the, the soldier's not- trying to convince himself. Oh, shit. Like, and he's going through the motions over and over again, and every every verse, and every time he redoes the chorus, like the chorus is the same fucking lines over and over again, right. but it's different inflictions, and you can tell he's like tr- having a harder and harder time convincing himself of doing what he's doing. And I thought I was like, holy shit, this is actually fucking deep. Yeah. <laughs> deep, you know what I mean? And it's all about like, um, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go do that horrible thing. I'm gonna go into the darkness, and that darkness is that place of forgetting about hum- the importance of human life in this one instance for the overall importance of human life. Trying, to, just, con- yeah, trying to convince himself is like more than anything. Like con- convince yourself that what you're doing is justified because mm-hmm. he, he's feeling he's not cut off. He's not a sociopath. He's feeling you're supposed to be trained to become a sociopath. They're supposed to cut off all your senses. You're not supposed to be emotionally tied to war. That's, they make you an animal. But and he's thinking like, at the point to where it's like, fuck, am I do- I'm taking someone's life. That could be me on the other side. You know, yeah, it's, and, and you like statistically, it's like yeah. been proven that like first-time soldiers, the vast majority of the time, do not kill. They have a hard time getting to that point. It takes a lot for even someone who's trained to finally decide to start killing. That's because they're fucking um, pussies. That's <laughs> they're not the body Ventura. <laughs> so sometimes you gotta shoot those that are not your friends. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, another fucking great one. It's pretty to the like to the point kind of story. Like you know. That internal conflict between mm-hmm. that the soldier has to go through and is war justified in the end. Damn, that's fucking good. A lot of their songs, they have a decent amount of songs about war. And oh, like, yeah. They definitely go. There's a lot of songs about government and the system yeah. and all that Wasn't kind of Wasn't that during the whole Cold War and that's Bush like and everything? Or wait, maybe not the Cold War. Cold War and Bush. Okay. It was no. It was definitely during like the uh, wars in the Middle East, and no, that's what Cold that's war what this song is. Yeah, really yeah, yeah the Cold that's War is the wrong. What the that's what the song is inspired by. The wars in the Middle East, the ones under George Bush. <laughs> but um, don't be blaming the senior. Yes, I love God said, yeah. Right. Did you ask your father? I asked a higher father. <laughs> I asked a higher father. Yeah. He said I could be here. <laughs> he also told me you owe me 50 bucks. Oh, the, <laughs> the Persian Gulf War is what that was. Uh, okay. Was um, the last oh, that, was, that was 300, right? <laughs> that was pretty good. Come on. Such a piece of shit. <laughs> um, the last song I'm going to highlight for this album is Stuff is Messed Up.
which it sounds like a silly title. Yeah. But they like, wanted to say shit, but yeah, nobody let them. You can't cuss in the song title. You can't. Uh, the <laughs> actual the actual chorus goes, shit is fucked up. <laughs> they couldn't. Now they can because of uh, the way the records are and shit. No, yeah, they can crazy. put those little dot things. Because mm-hmm. look at, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, when South Park, the movie came out, it was supposed to be all hell breaks loose. And they were like, yeah, we can't have hell in there. But then you got dragged me to hell. And she's like, yeah, now it's... They're getting a little bit more lenient, but it's so fucking dumb. You put those little stars in there, you're golden. No yeah. one, you know. Put this little parental warning sticker on there, we'll sell it. No biggie. I didn't even <laughs> know about parental warnings until Eminem, and he, like, made it a thing. Like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's definitely his fault. Yeah. <laughs> Burn it off. it out. But, um, My mom said Eminem made me have a dirty mouth. <laughs> Down with Canada. That's definitely true. <laughs> Clean Canada. Down with Canada. <laughs> This song is just about society as a whole, not necessarily war or uh, government or law or anything like that, but just how people are. And um, there's a lot of just, like, of course, the chorus is like, I don't know much, but I know this. Shit is fucked up. (laughs) 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 That's the chorus. And then it goes, I guess it's all about the dream and all this stuff. Um, The chorus is actually really fun, but what's really good is when they go into the actual verses, the lyrics get really fast-paced, and he says all these fucking things like, thank God for the media for saving the day, put it in all to perspective in a responsible way. With more celebrity news, typical bullshit and views, I think we're losing this fight sponsor by Bud Light. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, that's fucking sponsored by Snack is mine. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like it's like him like the pointing out the bullshit of the media, like it's all fear mongering and like either it's stupid fear mongering or it's pay attention to celebrity news and like all these stupid famous people instead of what's important. And at the end of the day, there's a sponsor. Can we explain to the people that he used to be he was gonna be a doctor? He's hella smart. Really? Yeah, he's gonna that. be a fucking he's gonna be a doctor. He the lead doc- singer? Yep, Dexter. Yeah, Dexter. Super Damn. intelligent. And their guitarist was their old uh, janitor. What do you mean? Like he was their janitor in, for their in high school. Or something? Oh, what? Yeah, fucking crazy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's crazy, dude. <laughs> that's awesome, huh? They're all starting a band, and the janitor's like, "Yo, I could shred, bro. <laughs> Let me in. Let me in on." They're that. probably like smoking pot in the bathrooms. Janitor always caught him, but he was cool with it. Uh-huh. <laughs> janitor was their he was drug dealer. <laughs> yeah, with, uh, with the mop, just like listen, I'll sell you weed, so we gotta start a band together. <laughs> Man, you washed up. Come on, kids. I used to rock. <laughs> Man, sunset shit. Rocker. Rocker. You guys are rocker, dude. Through and through. <laughs> None of that. ACDC. Van Halen. Not Van Hagar. Skinner. Little Def Leppard. Def That was uh, Adney's underrated album. And it's Rise songs. and Fall, Rage and Grace by The Offspring. And, of course, the songs that I highlighted. Uh, Chris, are you doing Okay. Hammerhead, and stuff is messed up. <laughs> I'm going to actually mix it up a little bit because we've been doing like a lot of hip-hop, maybe some rock, but, but we've been doing a lot of music that's uh, lyric-based, and it's like, oh, you got to listen to the lyrics, you know, there's meaning. Oh, you're bringing out some that. Beethoven, aren't you, motherfucker? Not Beethoven. I wish I was that, what's the word I'm, bring I'm looking out some for? Classical shit. Yeah, that classy or that sophisticated but I'm not. Because I'm, I'm Gary Oldman uh, from fucking The Professional. I was just about to say that. You look like... I was just about to quote that, that line of like, when you look at your baby. I'm actually going... Yeah. Now that you said that, I'm actually going the complete opposite way. 
Oh, because I made fun of you? It would, like... Skrillex is what he's going to talk about. Yeah, that's what oh. I'm saying. Uh, the opposite. Uh-huh. Not exactly Skrillex, but around that vein. Pretty lights. Yeah, dude. If you exactly. Did, if you did pretty Skrillex lights. around that vein. If you did Skrillex, we're kicking well, you out Skrillex of the podcast. Skrillex can be is not necessarily underrated. Anyways, no. Uh, uh, from first to last, Adney, he gets a, he gets a oh, pass for every shitty yeah, he EDM d- he thing really he's does. done. Like, first to last Actually, like, as an artist, he's actually really amazing. Nope. Like, I can't hate on him. I might not enjoy his music, and I might not listen to his music, but as an artist, I cannot... Be like, man, this guy doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Because he does. He's recreated himself multiple fucking times, and he was successful both fucking times. It's like most people with Kanye. So, See, they love Kanye, but they just don't like him as a person, and I that's how I feel about Skrillex. Mm-hmm. Sonny Moore. I won't even call him Sonny Moore. Your mama called you Sonny Moore? I'm gonna call you Sonny Moore. Like, that's, that's what You're it is. You're Sonny to me, boy. Skrillex. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. If a man wants to change his name, God damn it, this is a free country. Uh, you should respect his wishes and call the man Skrillex. Skrillex. I went through a phase of EDM music, and I'm right now I'm doing oh, quotations yeah, going to do that and like um, so EDM. When or I moved to Portland, Chris was all and we used to go to this place. See you next Tuesday, which is all just EDM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, you so, can feel this song. <laughs> So I went through a really big part in my life where I kind of gravitated away from lyrics just in general. I was kind of over searching for meanings and everything. I was like, you know what? I don't want to have to be sitting here like looking into it. Like, oh, what's the meaning? What's the meaning? Give me something. Give me something. And I kind of went the complete opposite route. And I was like, fuck it. The I'm lazy route. Gonna... Yeah. How I feel sure. to myself. That's, fair. <laughs> That's completely fair. I went the route of real musicians, EDM. That's like how everyone knows. They just wanted to do the fun. So I just uh-huh. wanted to listen to music for fun, not to feel anything. But yeah, just I was just going for While fun. I'm partying yeah, and yeah, banging yeah. bitches in sud-covered yeah, yeah. rooms <laughs> with all these suds you can't breathe. <laughs> grabbing rave titties. I don't want to <laughs> think about this song because the drugs, man. I want to think about me and myself and my... I mean, that's fair, but I also drugs. want to point out there have been plenty of shows that I went to that I wasn't fucking completely ham-boned on drugs. So. Ham-boned! <laughs> is that a new drug? <laughs> is that a Portland drug? <laughs> hey, he's on the ham-bone. <laughs> oh, you got ham-boned. So, there's that whole spectrum. <laughs> so, that I wanted so to do... Funny. I'm not always ham Not always. Well, three conscious I've been hand You gonna judge me? <laughs> I think Kanye's pretty hand boned. Yeah, what my next out is coming out is hand bone. <laughs> like, I, that's a rap name. And then it'll stop being. Oh, cool. you typed Chris Smith in a Wu Tang fucking search, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? How hand dare bone. you bring down the Wu Tang generator? How dare you bring down the Wu Tang generator because it would create something that's so much better than Yeah, hand bone. That's great. That's better than hand bone. What's better than hand bone? With a generic ass name like Christopher Smith is gonna get some no, it's not gonna get. What's nothing. better than Hambone? Roscoe's <laughs> fucking wetsuit. <laughs> They're just putting Come on, words together. <laughs> oh no, we're gonna do it now. Oh, he's gonna go to the Roscoe's chicken and Hambones. <laughs> 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 you type your name into the generator, just faggot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. Lazy ass killer. Lazy ass killer. Lazy ass killer. That's my name. That's my. Don't type my name. They're gonna say white as fuck. <laughs> Let's see what Stevie's lazy ass killer. How do you spell Stevie's last name? Board On the black market day. for its fucking liver. You spell my last B-O-R-G-A- name. B O R G A G A Y. G H E S I. That's right. B O L O G N A. Stevie has a last name. My Wu Tang has a first name. <laughs> Stevie, you will from this day forward, you will be known as excessive artist. Excessive That's kind of perfect. Say it again? X 
Ex- excessive artist. Excess. You are pretty excessive, dude. Ooh. It's kind of money. It's kind of, <laughs> it's kind a little of, of you. Ex- a little bit of you goes the wrong way. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's what she said. You know what I'm saying? Oh! <laughs> We're <calling. laughs> Excessive artist. They must be a fan of the podcast. <laughs> and then Adney. From this day forward. Do you know how to spell my last name? Yeah, Barry. You put Adney, not even your real name. (laughs) I don't know if you remember. His real name's, hey, if you remember, his real name's Anthony. (laughs) Oh, that is true. (laughs) I'll edit that out. Uh, You will forever be known from this day as Pesty Dreamer. Pesty Dreamer? Pesty Dreamer. That's the dumbest thing I've ever. Maybe it's because we put Adney. Let's see what happens when we put Anthony. Anthony. Pesky Dreamer. (laughs) (laughs) Stupid. Dreamweaver. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, the, Anthony's way better. You got Drunken Assassin. Oh! That's oh, my God. That's the name of the podcast. That's it. Drunken Assassin. That is genius. No. So is excessive artists. Though. Wait, wait, wait. No, that's no, that, that, that was wildly different. <laughs> the letters were slightly different. Know, and the crazy. name was wild. Darpin Dr. Dadney. See what it says. Just this fun. <laughs> So when I put Christopher Smith, I am the Phantom Magician. Wait, type the in Phantom Steven, Cock. Steven with a oh, PH. Type in my middle name and, and suffix. Did you do the like, Kindle? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Let's find a good one. We should do Adam Kim Trails Lee. <laughs> it comes out dumbass. <laughs> oh my god, I gotta do it now just to see what goes It's gonna up. come out. Your name's Aluminum Clouds. Gullible, gullible <laughs> ass nigga. That's what it's gonna be. Wacko Criminal. <laughs> it's kind of funny because it's the opposite. Don't tell him that because he'll change his name. Uh, I don't want that. Like, we don't need that. Um, I got the wacko. So, anyways, we're going to go back to the music. Blah, blah, blah. Sounds like a juggalo name. Uh, so, are you sure not in the juggalo website instead uh-huh. of like Wu Tang? They have names? Juggalos? Yeah. I believe so. I think so too. Killer yeah. Clown. Clown a Killer. Uh, excessive Clown Killer. <laughs> Dream Killer. <laughs> Mark. <laughs> so i wanted to do a little different so that's why i went with an electronic album so if you oh, yeah, listen if you listened if you listen to electronic music though this isn't an underrated album it's not an underrated album within like uh. that community and i felt like if i did bring up an underrated album within that community it wouldn't be that good good because you have to pick the cream of the crop for that type of music in order for the masses to actually like even gravitate towards it a little bit so i did i wouldn't say it's cream of the crop but in the netherlands they are huge and whatnot so in europe they're huge but not in america so anyways this uh band slash duo slash producer dj thing um it's called nero and it's a dude, and the dude produces all the music, meaning he gets the sounds, he puts them together, he tweaks them, he EQs them, he does all that stuff. And then he has a girl who does all the vocals. And so she'll sing the vocals, and he does pretty much the bass lines and everything, but without real instruments. So, um, that's going to be a completely other topic that we can try to dive into the whole like is electronic music real and all that stuff. That's something for another fucking day and time. But. Just as this electronic album or whatever, real or not real music, whatever you want to <laughs> call it, it is melodic and it is nice when you're going for a certain feeling. Like if I, I you never are say going it's not out, real. I just say like when they call themselves music, like I'm a musician, that kind of upsets me a little bit. Well, I mean, they're producing sounds. Producers, yes, I can understand that. But if they make their own sounds, upload it. You want to call yourself an artist, I get that. That makes sense because you're creating an art form. 
But an actual musician is someone who plays an instrument, not that's just fair. get samples of it. Yeah, that's, that's like me editing, mm-hmm. editing the podcast yeah, and then saying, I'm a musician. I can edit audio together. You know, it's like, that's what it seems That's like. fair. But some of them do sit there, strum and their play, guitar yeah. and they record it oh, and then strum, they sample it. Strum. Yeah, oh, no. play. Yeah, strum. Strum. Uh, oh, they don't pick though. Uh, no, but Addy, Addy, strum, bro. Some of these artists sit there, they get on stage and they, uh. <laughs> Strum the guitar and then start loading their britches up like it's going out of style. <laughs> I know you're making a joke right now. No, it's, it's a funny. Part. It's a subpar. Right? Are you making there, a joke? It's funny. But there are a couple electronic Stevie Ray artists that do go out there and they're fucking live. The dude's playing the sax and the piano at the same fucking time. Okay, so there what? are playing the fucking cello with his nuts out. <laughs> there, there are now. Those are few and far between yeah. for sure. Because there is a way easier way of doing things, prince. but at the same time, like there are still artists. And I'm not the hating community. on all of them. I no, was, no, no, I was right there with fair. you, hanging out fair. with music. Yeah, I'm like bitches love hanging this music. Out. I love this music too. <laughs> I hated it yeah. the whole time, but <laughs> which is understandable. You do stupid things for stupid things, you know. And, what I mean? and when it first came up, it was like we weren't like our internet isn't where it's at now, and it did sound like the fucking dial-up noises and shit. Like, so you you were saying earlier that if you're going for a certain mood. This album in particular is like really good for certain moods. So whatever first track you're going to say, like what mood would you say is the best that this song really, really works for? So my first song would be Must Be The Feeling. That would be, be yeah, it's a great song. Um, and she actually sings. That's really, really why I wanted to bring up this particular producer slash artist slash whatever the fuck you want to call him is because there are lyrics. There is singing. It's just not, oh, there's a deeper meaning behind it. She says, the sun is in my eyes. No, the sun's in her eyes. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see right. Yeah, can't she can't see fucking right. see. Exactly. Uh-huh. Like, no, not- we go, but we ain't go. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> the sun's not in my eyes, but it's in my eyes. You know what I'm saying? You mean like the sun is deeper meaning? Like <laughs> your own envy and greed is blinding you from <laughs> what you could be in the future? Nah, man. I mean, like we're outside. Like, <laughs> I got my bro. sunglasses in my car, <laughs> and I locked yep. my keys in there. I'm so. squinting, son. <laughs> Come on, <Chip>. exactly. But <laughs> so it must be the feeling is a nice song to like. It's like a pre-party song. It's like everyone's coming pre-game over to the house, and you're about to pre-game it. It's to get everybody in the mood, get everybody all rowdy. It's a great car bar song. Like <laughs> it's prime for car bar. It's ready to go down after that song. Like after that song, and you car bar, you're ready to party. Guys, let me <laughs> say one. Th- I love that you followed up last week talking about the new Awaken My Love album, and then you're following up with talking about the feeling you get. Do something that isn't necessarily lyrics. It's cool because most of our shit's lyric based yeah. that we're going to discuss. So I think it's really cool you're bringing a different aspect to the podcast. That's what there I do. Are. We I probably bring do. Different aspects. Most a lot of our listeners probably listen to EDM, and I do not. 
There's so a lot of good. people that don't, you know, and uh, I don't blame them. There's Majority a lot of shitty fucking music out there. I know a lot of people that there, love, so. or because we hang out with drug addicts and dealers <laughs> and stuff, so they all love that music because they get, you know, they get that feeling. Right, you yeah. Know? I actually didn't say the name of the album. The name of the album is called Welcome Reality. Nero. Welcome Reality. Nero? First song that I would have recommend. Nero. Oh, okay. I thought it was a Matrix album. <laughs> First Sounds song I'd recommend it must be The Feeling, and that's because it's a nice preemptive song. It gets you To be amped. fair, Nero it's, sounds like a character from, like, Skyrim or yeah, something. Yeah, it does. But it's so melodic, and it's not over the top. It, it's nice and in the middle. It's like a it's a dancey song. It's not like a heavy dubstep or anything like that. It's not like wah 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 or anything like that. It's bum, nice bum, and bum, melodic. Bum. It's boop, 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 boop. So it's a Tetris. Must be The Feeling. <laughs> That's my favorite song of the whole album, though. Like that is that's why I wanted to do it number one. Like the, it might be like a pre-song and all that, but that is the best song on the album because it's so melodic. The vocals are on fucking point. It gives you this nice joyous feeling afterwards. You're kind of glowing a little bit, like you're fucking pregnant or some shit. Uh, you're just feeling like you're on top of the world, dude. I will say when you pregnant ladies feel like they're on top uh, of the world, dude. Okay, it's true. They say they feel like <laughs> that. No, but they're then top the, of the next. As soon as you get into a room alone with them. They start complaining about, oh, my feet hurt, my tits well, hurt, yeah, my sides hurt. My life hurts. Right. complaining. <laughs> and you need to feel sorry for me. And whoa, bring whoa, me all whoa, the food. Stop bringing women down, Annie. God, you're such a massage. Stop bringing pregnant women down. <laughs> Maybe they should pregnant bring themselves women down. up. <laughs> Let's go check. <laughs> Let's go check. Oh, man. Um, you stop bringing pregnant women down. No, I, I think it's really cool that um, I, I've watched you the whole time we've been friends you really dive deep if you're really into an artist like you fucking go for it like pretty light you're like you gotta hear the song and I'm like I don't like it be like yeah but you're living with me now so you gotta hear the song (laughs) 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 no but you're like you're super honest and if you really do like something you fucking you do it upon my friends (laughs) no you do with music like any genre of music that you're really into is what Addy does like all his, the pop culture stuff that he's that he loves and everything else he does because he I can't remember yeah. like he remembers well, but no I think it's great I think that's like because you always say I can't remember I have long term memory but I feel like with music the feeling that you got and like that memory of the way it made you feel at a certain time or just all this type of genre that you listen to I feel like that is your niche for, yeah, for long term sure. memory it's <laughs> the thing that you remember the most it's the thing that you're excited about it's the thing that you can go back like this and that fucking this it made me it's feel. funny that you so. say that because the next song that I'm gonna say is actually due to me seeing Skrillex which is crazy that you brought him up but he played this Nero song and it's because him and Nero produced it together and so this song is called Promises
Did you take the Red Bull or the Blue? Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it has a really Shut beautiful intro. It's nice and melodic, but then of course, because it's Skrillex, it gets all dirty and grimy. And at the time, and when I listen to the album, I actually don't hate it. Right now, in my life, I kind of hate dubstep and that whole entire thing. Like the the, it, it, I grew out phase. of that yeah, phase. Yeah, you were in exactly. the phase for a yeah. minute, and then you. But I can still appreciate certain. You were in the songs. fucking Portland bubble. Yeah, you skipped the bubble. You're like, holy shit. That's definitely <laughs> true. So I miss like from like. 2009 to about 2014, most hip hop, fucking uh, rock or or alternative rock or or whatever. You, you were definitely all a, the genres. Electro, I was electro so deep in the EDM. You were, yeah. that's all you. Every time I was, that's that, all I was listening yeah. to. So like, there's a nice gap that I actually Dope. was really cool because now what I get to do is I get to go pack and look at all these albums that were produced between 09 and 2014. And there were some good <laughs> ones, and I'm like, right on. I got five years yeah, of magic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, if you had that Kanye album, you know that one? Like, fuck it. It's like 22, 2018 yeah. and shit. Yeah. <laughs> Bruh, it's 2015. But Promises yeah, is a really it. great song when you want to, like, uh, headbang, essentially, but you don't want to listen to metal and, like, screeching guitar. Instead, you want to listen to something else that's a little bit more bassy. It's not as, like, high-pitched. Promises was a really great song for me to do that. You really get down and dirty and grimy and all that. And that was a phase in my life, and I can't deny it, and I'm embarrassed about it. But I had a pierced dick. <laughs> you had a pierced dick, champ. Pierced dick and dreads, bro. <laughs> God damn. And if you were filming... Champ. I, dude, champ you had a pierced dick, you had dreads, and you were in film school in Portland. Killing it. Killing it. And then my third like, song... You don't know about sounds? <laughs> dude. My third favorite song off the album is called Innocence. You'll never be mine, innocent. You'll never be mine, innocent. Probably one of their his Nero's best produced songs that they've made. It's super beautiful. It starts slow, it ramps up, and then when it hits you, it doesn't hit you too hard. It's not over the top. It's not these crazy fucking noises. They're nice, crisp sounds, and they're placed exactly where they need to be to have a nice melodic feel. But it is sort of slower, and so you're kind of vibing. But it's more like you could like bang out to this song. It's not must be the feeling. Wait, bang out as in dance or? As in bang out on the dance floor. Oh, okay. Bump and grind. Oh, what? Like the fucking, like the <laughs> rave you went to? When you, the suds? Not like that rave, because uh, that was uh, something different. But anyway. Uh, um, they grab my it's a nice, <laughs> Yeah, it's a nice, like, grab somebody and vibe to. It's a great song. It's not yeah, over the top. somebody and bang out. <laughs> <laughs> and it you just, said it. It sounds beautiful. You, you did that. <laughs> you can tell that they put their time and effort into that song to make it something that was somewhat perfect within their genre. Dude, I'll give it. I'll give the music that it it has the ability to like bring f a fuck ton of people together mm. for like a gr like 
an energy movement. Well, you know, I mean, as stupid whatever, and as cliche as that sounds, the closest that we've ever gotten to a movement like Woodstock, Woodstock yeah, is exactly. EDC and exactly, all these yeah. humongous festivals that are being held. Burning Man holds 40,000 You want to know why? Let's That's look, it. Let's look at the EDC, reality. Hold on. EDC did 365,000 people last year. Woodstock, 60 years ago now, had 420 thousand people Damn. it was bigger then we have more people now and Woodstock it was that big of a fucking movement I don't yeah, think we will ever fully a bunch of fucking lazy ass baby boomers not doing shit <laughs> Yeah, trying to try to. Oh, it, it, the only way to skip the war. So really, our Woodstock. generation is less lazy than the baby. Well, no, they were. Trying oh, to- what the fuck are talking about? I want. I can't wait to see all the health problems your generation is gonna have. Like, oh, we're not the ones that polluted the fucking water we drink, or destroyed our food supply. Or the economy. You that got one of the fuckers. You we got beef with up that older shit. generation. Because all bro. they do is talk shit about they us. They do. That's true. All they do, and I got sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we didn't poison the planet, motherfucker. You poison the fucking the water hole and shit. <laughs> poison the water hole. <laughs> hey, you generation put a snake in my boot. So that's my album, um, Nero. Welcome reality, and my songs are "Must Be the Feeling," uh, "Must Be the Feeling." Promises and innocence. Um, so mine, I, I was looking specifically for kind of underrated, but at the same time, I, I wanted to do do wrong right really bad because <laughs> of just everything that that album stands for. It's, it's you can say that, that whole band is underrated because not enough people know about it. Yeah. So you could use any album of theirs. Devil makes three. And I'm like, I fucking, I, I, but I've talked about the Devil Makes Three, yeah, a fuck ton. It's my boxing. So I picked topic. the Lumineers. No, I wanted to pick the Lumineers. No, <laughs> that would be hilarious. I wanted to because that would be insulting. Yeah, damn, uh, I wanted. I already told you this, you fucking asshole, making jokes. I told no, you this. No, no, you said those bands over and over again. Wait, since hold the show on. Started. You recommend the whole um, Do Wrong Right do over wrong the right. new album? Oh yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I didn't like the new album that they yeah. did. Remember, he said that like uh, two weeks ago. He was saying or the was new it, album was. Is there kind three of like, albums then? They have like six. <clears throat> What's the some red of those one? are live? Yeah, the red, the red one's their their debut album. It's okay, that's good. the one that I got. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. That's one with the fucking song that Adney and I both talked about. Correct, old, old number, number seven. seven. Yeah. Okay. There's a great one too. too. So I got the but, two good beneath ones. Beneath the piano was a really good one. Okay. So I'm like, oh fuck! I was just I was struggling with this whole thing, and I'm the one that suggested we do this underrated album. And then Nutrimook Hotel, I was like, man, I should do them because no one really knows about them. And they have an entire album. Their other albums are okay, but this one specific album called Airplane Over the Sea, I gotta suggest it for people. What a beautiful face I have found in this place that is circling all around the sun. What a beautiful dream that could flash on the screen in a blink of an eye and be gone from me. Soft and sweet, let me hold it close and keep it here with me. It's an entire love album towards Anne Frank. It's literally written in the in like a love letter to Anne Frank. It's very cool. Cracked. When I first listened to Crack, what kind of hooked me? I listened to the first episode and they ended it with one of the songs. I was like, oh my fucking god. Dude, and he listens to all hip hop and then he put that song in there. I was super fucking happy. I was like, that's amazing. Uh, so then I was like, I couldn't figure it out until today. Wait, that's not. You nope. talked about hella bands. You spent 20 minutes talking about all the bands except for the ones you picked. Yep. 
piece of shit. <laughs> so today, I realized when I was listening to music, I have I just have all my favorite bands on my Spotify uh, playlist, and I'm scrolling down and I'm looking at this certain band that I fucking really love. And as I'm scrolling down, I'm scrolling through three albums that I have of them, but all my favorite songs I realize are on the same album. And I was like, no way! So I click on the album, and I'm like, holy shit! All the songs that have been very important to me are all on the same fucking album. The band I'm gonna talk about today is the Lost Dog Street Band from Nashville, Tennessee. Hmm. Didn't you talk about them last time? I, I like brought did. them up before. Is they're touring Those with Devil kids? Makes Three? They're uh, they're a couple, and she is a fiddle player, and he's banjo and guitar player. And what, the band, what's their name again? Lost Dog Street oh, Band. Lost Dog. And the album I'm talking about is called Homeward Bound, and it came out in 2015. Homeward Bound. <laughs> yep. All because their songs. There's a dog. Get it. All uh-huh. their lyrics, everything is about his dog. Is he he takes his dog with him traveling everywhere he goes. He's like all his artwork, everything they draw their own artwork for their uh, albums, and it all has to do with their fucking dog. So now this album, the first song that I ever heard from them was this song called "When I Went Down to Georgia." So when I went down to Georgia, I was on the fence about whether I was coming home. And I know now better than before I don't know the Lord, but I'm looking for It was red, red rocking chair sitting on the porch Picking as the bottle runs dry And I go there for the free beer But I don't know, Lord, what I'm doing here They're all playing the fun, killing it on the fiddle. He plays, like I said, guitar and banjo. <laughs> killing it on the fiddle. Fucking <laughs> smashing it on the fiddle. Bro. Oh, bro. Whatever, bro. So she, ain't no, she ain't no Lindsey Sterling. <laughs> Let's go, champ. Oh, uh-huh. Lindsey Sterling, the, Z- the Zelda medley. <laughs> Lindsey Sterling, champ. I should just play Look it. Look it up, champ. Look, Look I'm going to play it. Champ. I'm going to have to play it now. now play I got to add a clip, champ. Don't play it, champ. <laughs> play it, champ. That's the next thing we'll do. Favorite female artists. <laughs> uh, so Regina Spector, champ. <laughs> Sorry. Caitlyn Jones is my favorite artist. Here we go. So Here we go. Joke go, for the sake of a joke. Go back to the well. It's my favorite Pokemon is what I meant to say. So the uh, the main singer, Ben, and I don't believe he had been with his wife then or Ash, the Ashley, his girlfriend, quote unquote, band member. He was in this band with this guy named his best friend in uh, Nicholas Riddle, and his friend wrote this song. It's the only song on the album that is not written by Benjamin Todd. This song right here is the first time he introduced me to him, and I didn't even know it wasn't written by him until he had this video on YouTube that basically had this actual lyrics written down on a paper from his friend that his best friend that died so he oh, took the song and made it made it into his own as a kind of an homage just like that little Jay girl cool stuff. Yeah. yeah some Jay cool shit yeah and that was the first thing I heard and I was like 
fuck, I fucking love this goddamn song. I gotta look up this band. But technically, he did it first. So really, J. Cole stole his style. Yeah, but J. Cole, I feel like, was more like, oh, here's what my friend had to say. I'm gonna add a little bit to it. Not, oh, I'm gonna redo my friend's <laughs> shit. Okay. Oh, it's my shit. That's fair. And then three years <laughs> well, no. later, oh, by the way, my friend wrote that. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll get what, do Wrong Right, the actual song written by uh, fucking Pete Bernhardt's friend. He, they they write the lyrics like people write and then no, the singer sings it you know yeah. same thing with uh oh fuck them man that, this, yeah there's a lot of that mm-hmm. so like people Whatever, in the, like I'll spring there's a lot of dude, look at people that are great Molly at writing Crew. that cannot sing Nikki Six writes all the lyrics but Vince is the one that sings it and there's a lot of people that can sing that cannot fucking write yep. I don't understand most like, singers can't because singers are just these big headed egotistical <laughs> douchebags <laughs> <laughs> Kanye doesn't even write his own stuff bro Beyonce writes it for him nah, and then Kanye people write Beyonce's album you know what I mean? Because Beyonce's busy writing yeah. Kanye's You cannot album. lump in Kanye it's with Beyonce. It's the same five Jews so in every writer's room. That <laughs> oh, I can't, I can't lump them together? Keyonce? I can't say that, huh? <laughs> no, Beyonce. Beyonce. That's bottle of Keyonce, huh? <laughs> so fucking stupid. So yeah, that's the first thing I want to talk about. When I went down to Georgia, the whole album in general is all about loneliness and all about a struggle, struggle with vice, struggle with addiction, a struggle with relationships. It's a very like sad fucking album. There's no drums, so you don't get like this upbeat sort of thing. It's Throughout all the whole album. No, there's, there's no drums. There's no drums on most of these bands that I suggest. They're all string bands. Not even like a just like a simple like kick. Like, nope. They're all string bands. Wow. Like a lot of bluegrass bands, a lot of folk bands are Americana too. Like a, a lot of them. Just Not even like a little like all a banjo kick. A yeah, little little str- bit. well, banjo they can they can slap they yeah, drifting right. yeah. they can what's they it can, called drifting drifting. It's when you play but you hit the beat with it. Like I'm pretty sure it's what the actual word's called. Like I said, I don't know anything about guitar, but that style is like what kind of gives the beat. And then they you get that with like slapping it and like uh, muting the the palm palm muting. You're keeping the beat with your hand like mm-hmm. this. Uh, a lot of those bands do that. Devil makes two always the not, the rhythm guitar. Pete Bernard he always smacks the guitar, so it keeps the beat. And then Lucia, which is their female uh, cello player, so she's smacking it all the time. The reason I wanted to bring up that song is just to the point to where that song meant something to me because it was the first song that kind of introduced me to the band. And I'm gonna give you like the first song to the last song. Why the last song for me is gonna be the most important. But the first song introduction to the band. Boom, love the fucking band. Great. I gotta fucking know more about them. They never, tr- they never have a big fucking uh, travel. They were, they were just playing on the street. They would do train hopping and then just play on the East Coast. And this is the first time they're actually coming over to the like. They came over to the West Coast once. They played here, I think, once, and then they're coming back over here, like on a full tour. I think when they came over, they was like stopping off in little tiny places, but now they're doing a huge giant tour with Devil Makes Three. And so it's two of my favorite bands, which I've talked about before, touring together. Are you gonna see them? I can't. I have to work. Dude, Fucking sucks, come man. Come on, like, I know. You can't come like, take, on. <laughs> like six months in advance. You can't request a fucking date. They off. just released it not that long ago. I mean, I killed no, the tour release dates. Oh, so you can go and see them in tour. Well, so no, 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 they no. They, they only joined the. They only joined the tour. They they announced like not that long ago that they joined the tour on December twenty eighth, and then they're oh. going to be here December 29th. So it was like they jumped on the leg of the tour. I could ask for it off. I think it's a Thursday. I might be able to get it. I might be able to get off early, but we'll see. I'm gonna I'm gonna see what I can fucking do because I would be in sack, yeah. No, it's in Tahoe. Oh, let's see. But the better. best part, I am my friend Travis at work. His friend Chris is fucking really good friends with Ben and Ashley. He knows these guys personally, and then he was like, "Oh, they come down to Reno. They they party. We drink whiskey. We get fucked up." I was 
I was like, are you serious? He goes, yeah, you want to come hang out? If they come down here, they'll probably come to Reno. They'll spend a couple nights here. If you want to come hang out, let me know. Bring some whiskey. He drink, he's a big whiskey drinker. I was like, dude, I've, you, I was like, you have no idea. If that happens, that would be oh, yeah, incredible dude, for me. Yeah, it'd be my, me hanging out with fucking Chance. Or you ain't, you hanging out with Chance. Uh, dude. I don't, dude, I wouldn't be able to handle hanging out <laughs> with Chance. <laughs> I'd be like, uh, Let me suck your dick, bro! <laughs> <laughs> Let me get some of that juices, you know what I mean? Like, I would just be like convulsing the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's the first song. So the second song I want to bring up means a lot to me. I, I love the song prior, and then... It meant more to me when I got into this relationship I'm in now. And the song is called Baby, I Got You. And it's, oh, God. But, no, the lyrics, though. This is what it is about. All right, All right Christy. Uh, <laughs> Christy. I'm just emotional. I was a joke on myself because I did a sappy song, too. Yeah. <laughs> so fuck you. I ain't got no money. Oh, baby, I got you. No fancy calls and diamond rings. Lord, a tap dancing shoes. I once was a golden stone I was tumbling through the dark Now I'm in love with the lady Down a bright shining road It's just all about like No matter what Through thick and thin No matter how like how low I can get Or how high I can get You're always going to be there for me And it's his song to his girlfriend in the band with him and it's just like really cool that you know it's like baby listen up man, I got some shit for you over here and um it's no it's a beautiful song beautifully written and the, just the, if you just listen to the whole lyrics the ending is so fucking good though I would light up the world just to make you my girl and we'll dance in the ashes as the skyscrapers burn as in like fucking we'll, we'll I'll set the world on fire if it means that you're gonna still be in my life now this one this is Kind of the main reason I wanted to talk about the album. I didn't even realize this song was on the album. Now, when Dak and I first started getting really serious, I picked her up after she was at her parents' house for 10 days. And then we get in the car and I'm like, super happy to see her. It's been 10 days. And she tells me as we're driving, I'm driving her to her house. She's like, I think I'm going to move to Texas. And I was like, what? She's like, yeah, I think I'm going to, I miss my parents. I think I'm going to move with her. Fucking just livid in my own head pissed like fucking we would we've just been together you you know like furious and then i was just texting her like no f- you know, just do your own thing that's fine just do your own thing go like, <laughs> go no, dude, no that's fine totally <laughs> fine move the fuck away it's yeah fine. good i'm glad uh-huh. i'm glad you you do you i just uh-huh. got suckered again champ uh-huh. thanks champ Organic exactly. champ. <laughs> you show up in Texas. Organic. Where you go watch uh-huh. champ. Where you go watch uh-huh. champ. What you mean I eat champ? <laughs> Organic feelings, champ. Organic feelings. <laughs> yeah. The first time I felt this. You know. Water my head, champ. <laughs> and I was, I was heartbroken. Fuck yeah, you. I mean, you. I'm looking at you specifically because you can relate to like, man, I, I really dig this person, and yet, am I gonna lose him? Is this gonna happen? Like, what, what do I do? I'm, I'm stuck in a, between a rock and a hard place because you want to be around that person. It's an important person to you, and so that's why this song. Dude, you were about to move to Texas. Yeah. No, no, I wasn't. I'm not going to move to Texas. I'll get beat up. By who? By Texans. By Texans. <laughs> <laughs> Only reason I brought that up was I listened to the song, just uh, that part when I found out she was leaving, all because of the, the, of the chorus. It says, don't ever say I didn't love you every way that I knew how. I will drag you down. It's just the way I am. I will cut you down any way I can. So I was justifying it in my head that... Her leaving, I was like, no, that's good. Yeah, you don't want to be with me because I am I am poison. If you're with me, 
I'm only going to drag you down just like I drag myself down because I'm my own worst enemy. And that I kept repeating the song in my head and just playing it over and over and over. And I mean, have you ever had that fucking, you've had that feeling, right? It's, it sucks. Yeah, like all the time. Yeah, <laughs> right now. <laughs> I'm my own worst enemy of the podcast. <laughs> but no, I, I kept playing that man like, fuck, well, I'm going to lose the girl that I've you know, been with. And I was like, no, we'll just be friends. Because she was going to be here for a couple more months. And I was like, no, we'll just be friends. We won't hang out anymore. She's like, what? I was like, no, I'm not gonna get. I'm gonna get. Not gonna get more emotionally involved with you, and then for you to just leave. That's yeah, fucking don't insane. Waste my motherfucking time. Exactly. But she didn't get that. She was like, well, well, why can't we just hang out and like still do what we're doing until I leave? We just bang a lot. I'm like, we don't do that. You don't. You don't bring my emotions more up, and then like my involvement, and then just dip out. Yeah, bitch. Yeah. No, yeah, that's bitch. exactly what happens, and that's what they love doing. Yeah. Manipulation. You're gonna go far, kid. <laughs> 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 I song, mean, I'm just that kidding. That song is about manipulating people. I love girls. They're funny. <laughs> yeah. They're totally and, they're, and they're smart. They're totally super smart. smart and super funny, guys. Get over it. Yeah, the podcast needs to get over it. Uh, <laughs> but the uh, underneath the service, what the, what the song really is about, so I feel, because uh, just do the lyrics, and from what I got behind it, the song to me is him having a conversation with heroin because he was a really bad really bad heroin addict, he was a really bad drug addict, he travel trains, he was homeless, he went through a fucked up life, and he completely turned it all around, and became a successful musician, and I can relate to that, due to the fact that I know what it's like to be that low, and especially these lyrics, they really fucking touch me, every time I sing the second verse, man, it, it, I, I start crying, like every fucking time, I sung it today, I listened to it today, I start fucking Baby. crying, the reason that the song, like I said, is really important, it's I feel like he's having a conversation with his addiction. I feel like the verse is him talking to his addiction and the chorus talking to him. And even though he says the word her, I feel like he's referring to heroin, to heroin. every time he does it. I was a dirty kid on a corner Drinking a box of wine I was young and dumb and getting spun lore For the hundredth time I was a glutton for pain I was a runaway train Then I rolled the dice For a better life And I stepped out in the rain Thought that I would Walk forever I will walk forever And don't you Ever say I didn't love you Every way that I knew how I will drag you down the way I am I will cut you down Lord, any way I can That's like so the Logic song called Nikki. Yeah. The whole thing he's like going through and he keeps referring to Nikki and it's nicotine that he's referring to and he's talking about his addiction with cigarettes but he keeps saying Nikki until the very yeah, end. Or that song Golden Brown. But yeah, so that's the whole idea. The reason I really connected with the song was because of that last bar. I was a dirty kid on a quarter drinking a box of wine. I was young and dumb and getting spun for the hundredth time. For me, I was doing mess. So spun, yeah, maybe that's what connects with me a little bit. Um, I was a glutton for pain. I was a runaway train. So I rolled the dice for a better life and I stepped out in the rain. Thought that I would walk forever. I will walk forever. And it's like him... Pulling out of addiction. Yeah, regardless of the meaning, if it's like, oh, you're jacked, or if you're like spinning into you're like all one, the uh, sentiment is the same, regardless mm-hmm. of what you think. Of yeah, that. how you beat addiction to, to, you rolled the dice for a better life, you tried, and you succeeded in finding a better life, and that's why it connects with, 
connects with me a lot, and that's why every time I even see this, like, 20 seconds, and every time I do it, I tear up hella bad. I tear up, and I, it's member bears. I always think of, like, I could have been somebody completely different. My life could have been completely fucking different than what it is. I could be fucking dead right now, or I could just be a piece of shit. Or some, you could be I'm in a miserable a piece of shit. relationship where you were never allowed to do a podcast because she said no. Adney, <laughs> whoa, bro, whoa, <laughs> she's a listener. <laughs> no, she's not. I'm just joking. That'd but, be weird. No, it wouldn't. It's like a hard. I, I accept weird. all fans. She I accept all fans, champ. I'm Damn. sorry, that's weird because she was specifically hated on you for doing the shit that you liked, and then she would start listening to something that you enjoyed doing. That's completely hyper hypocritical of herself. And she's the type of person to not put herself in those situations. Anyways, yeah. pull through. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, fuck her, pull through. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that, that's why I wanted to really touch on that song, The Way I Am. And it's it, it just the name of the fucking song. That's the song that meant so much to me. And I'm just glad it was on the same album. Because every song on that album, I cannot suggest it enough. Homeward Bound. Uh, Lost Dog Street Band that's the album you gotta check out it's the best album they've done it's the longest album they've done too and it's uh, worth checking out for sure fight fight fucking champ uh uh let's go champ uh uh fight fucking champ 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 fight fight fucking talk champ champ fight fucking talk who champion fight fucking talk champ 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 let's go champ let's go champ let's go champ so we it's actually, just fun uh, now. Yeah. Listening to Joe Wingers episode, I'm like, I fucking love... If like, you haven't heard it, it yeah. and you don't even understand what the fuck we are talking about, you gotta go back and listen to JRE, Joe Rogan Experience. I think it's episode 862, and it'll be uh, with Shannon Briggs. And I never I Very never amazing. listened to the fight episodes. Dude, that one, I was like, this is fucking amazing. Speaking of fights, uh, we had tornado a great, <laughs> great card that just happened. So today's the 14th. What we saw, so when this is going to be it released though? is on the 19th. <laughs> so this is uh, about a week late, but... This is going to release on the 26th. Got to review it. Got to say what it is about. Um, UFC 206 actually wound up being a complete success. Uh, we went into that weekend not really having a legit headliner. We had a headliner, but it wasn't for a legit belt or anything like that. The card was slowly coming together throughout the months leading to it. And at first, it didn't seem like there was a lot on it or anything like that. But slowly and surely, the card wound up filling out and it wound up being a great card. One of the fights that I was super excited about was Tim Kennedy and Calvin Gastelum. We've talked to Kim Kennedy on Tim Kennedy on here a million times. He's a great American. He's a fucking ranger. He's a fucking gangster. Don't get me wrong. Been fighting overseas and he came home. But he got like he didn't just get beat. He got beat to the point where it was like, should you be fighting anymore? Like, are you able? I think he's just reached the reached the age to where now he has to either focus on being a ranger and putting his all all his time and energy into being just the best that he can be for the government for whatever that might be, rather than trying to split his time and energy between being the best ranger he can be and then also being the best fighter he can be. Because when he was able to do one or the other, he was really great at it. When he was able to be just a fighter earlier in his career, he was actually a really great fighter. Top five, he was the contender. His striking looked there. He looked like he had somewhat the 
basics of the foundations and whatnot, but he was really strong. He was a grueling presence on you. So what he was going to do is going to wear you out. He was going to clinch you a lot. He's not going to strike with you. He's going to clinch you. He's going to take you to the ground. He's just going to be constantly on you. But the Tim Kennedy we saw this last weekend was not that guy. He tried. He tried to get him up against the cage, and he did put his weight on him. And Kelvin Gastelum took it like a motherfucking champ and brushed it aside and pushed him off of him. He got up from Tim being surrounding him and being on top of him, and he got up. And he just outboxed Tim, and it's that simple. Uh, it ended up being a finish, and that's because Tim... For some reason, doesn't know how to dodge and he doesn't know how to block. Like he's used to just <laughs> eating punches, and like I guess that kind of makes sense when you're in the military and because you're not really punching anybody. His best defense is to let you hit him and hope that your hands break. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like like his best defense is that he's just so goddamn tough. And uh, unfortunately, it actually didn't pan out for him. I thought he was gonna win the fight. I th- actually yeah. thought that this was gonna be a really hard fight and for Kelvin. They, when they walked into the uh, into the cage, just the physical difference was very striking tim was tim was easily 200 pounds and then he so they're wrestling just like they're chiseled fighting from fucking out. granite yeah they're and fighting at 185 soft in places yeah. like he had to like it was like him not so much building up muscle to be at the weight but just like oh i'm not gonna have to drain weight to fight here and it seemed like wow looking at their bodies straight forward like oh tim kenny's gonna dominate yep, and it was yep, just like sure. wow like Another yet another example. There's countless of like body type doesn't tell who's gonna win the yeah, fight. Yeah, dude, it's so uh, yeah. That, that's perfect. That summarizes it perfect. Let's just move on from there. It's really disappointing because you want Tim Kennedy to be a winner because he is in the Rangers and he does. Yeah, exactly. So you want him to be on top of everything. But it's For like, that guy at sports events, yeah, <laughs> he's got to start narrowing it down. Um, top father time is just—it's it's catching up to him, so he's got to start uh, narrowing how old it is down. This guy? I think about time. Like, I think he's about thirty-seven now. Thirty-seven, 30, 38, 37. and like it's like dude, time, he could still be linear, a fighter, man. but he'd have to stop being That's a ranger. Thing, and I think that him being a ranger and being in the army is what really drives him. And him being a fighter was a. A byproduct of him being a ranger. Yeah. It's probably a fighter and in the army, and then there's like a lot of box. Right, but he's a seal as well, and like he's in multiple he? branches of it. Yeah, as but well. did he run down to the beach and like sure run while he's at the I'm beach? Not positive. Let me let me double check. I'm it's pretty late thirties, sure and like going overseas, all takes some fucking years off of the odometer. Like, yeah, he's thirty-seven. Um, I nailed it. Yeah, that, that, that is that is for a fighter that is old. I mean, that's the thing about time. It's it, no one can beat time. It's undefeated. So. <laughs> uh, Tolkien has this whole fucking when uh, when they're going to get the ring from Golem, he's asking them all these riddles, and one of them, what beats down mountains, beats down kings, um, like everything, and it's time. Time beats everything. That's fair. It's fucking yeah. awesome. It's beautiful. So it was. Move on it, was it was a very bittersweet <laughs> moment for me because I was like, man, I love Tim Kennedy and all this, and then. Just seeing him get beat up, it kind of made me feel that America could lose. Oh, <laughs> oh no! I was like, no, America can't lose. So that's a different subject. For but don't nobody day. have an army of fucking Calvin Gaston? I know. Oh, okay, okay. God. Trump becomes president-elect and an American loses the fight? I don't, I mean, coincidence? I don't know. There are no coincidences, uh, champ. Yeah, time has shown us that, all right? Um, but anyways, the next fight that I was super excited for was... Duho Choi and Cub Swanson. Say it again. Duho <laughs> Choi and Cub Swanson. That and was an entertaining fight, if not the prettiest. I think it sounds like a Brazzers genre. <laughs> the first guy's uh, name. Duho so Choi. This okay. So just for a little um, backstory, 
Duho Choi is known as the Korean Superboy. He's from Korea. He looks like a model. Like, he's so pretty. He's like, like Superboy? Why'd you say Superboy and not Superman? That's what he named himself. Oh, so man. anybody because who's ethnicity has, is a boy, huh? He has boyish features. <laughs> he doesn't have really strong, like a, like a sharp jawline. He's not huge. He looks like a boyish man. But he, the reason why he has this persona as a man is because he's knocking people dead with one to two strikes, kind of like Connor. He's a pretty boy. He's about thing, precision, yeah. but he, he is very, very pretty, and he's very young looking. And he is young. He's 25, and that is pretty fucking young. And he's only been fighting within the UFC for two years now. He's Now he's been fighting since he was. 16. They don't get the uh, but bur- within the UFC, he's only been fighting for two years, so he's only been a UFC fighter for the and then he got injured and all this stuff. So, yes, he is known as the Korean Superboy. The last fight we saw the Korean Superboy in was a one round and he knocked the dude out with a left straight. Boom! Just put it on him right on the nose. Dude fell down, game over. Well, Cub Swanson is notoriously known for not having a weak chin. But going down, he doesn't have a weak chin, but he can get caught and he'll fall and you can finish him, but it's going to take you a minute to finish him, but he can get caught. That was the whole thing. So everybody assumed that Duo Choi was going to... holes in his defense. Exactly. Duo Choi was going to come in here and because he was so precise, the Superboy, he was just going to pick him apart. And what did we get? What Cub Swanson, I think his game plan was, okay, you can clearly get caught... So what we're going to want you to do is never stop wildly swinging punches <laughs> from all angles in the most fucking obscure, not that structured, not putting your body behind the shots, but wild winging arm punches. But that's what made it. Joy yeah. on the defensive and that helped them pile up points. I feel like these the two names are the reason they became fighters. <laughs> Cup and fucking, I, like it totally seems like that. But that's the reason what Adney said was so fucking Whoa, perfect. I, oh, he's the one that's right. He called him a boy, Adney. I was saying he was a super. Superman, an Asian Superman. <laughs> That's why it was such a great fight because Cub was so unorthodox and Choi is the exact opposite. He's all about his fundamentals and like straights, jabs. He barely threw any fucking hooks, dude. The Superboy is all about his straights, his jabs, and like a leg kick, you know? So the reason why this was such an amazing fight was B-Cub. It was Cub because... <laughs> B-Cub? It was Cub Swanson. You say it. Had it been someone else, someone that's not... As unpredictable as Cub Swanson, I don't think we would have got the same fight. It no was way. because of his unpredictability. It's because you don't know what Cub's going to do. And even after you catch Cub, if you don't finish him, right when you catch him, he's going to fucking come back and he's going to come back hard because you already caught him and now he has something to prove. He's one of those type of fighters. And what happened is we probably got the fight of the year. And as it's happening and these rounds are going and everything, I'm sitting there and I remember the fight of the year because the fight of the year for me was Carlos Condit and Robbie Lawler, and that was on January fucking second. It was the Holy first shit. fight that That's we crazy. got this year. Fight so of the year at the beginning. That of was the fucking- my, that was the fight of the year in my head the whole time throughout the whole entire year. And then we have McGregor Diaz, great fight. This that, but when it's all said and done, I just went and I rewatched the Robbie Lawler Carlos Conduit fight. When it's all said and done, fight of the year. Cub Swanson, duo Choi. And because it's more consistent back and forth action. Exactly. Like you said, like a, the Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz uh, um, fights were, like the second fight was an entertaining two rounds. Exactly. And, everything. and then there was like one round here. The first fight here, was probably overall more consistent in the excitement, but still not fight of the year. And I think I definitely think of, of of those fights. I'd probably put this one. Dude, I went through a lot of them, man. Like I went through my catalog and everything. Okay, this isn't fight. Of, we'll go to fight of the year. Uh, fight of the year at a some other time. time. But 
The reason what made this so exciting and fun is because you have the Superboy who is all precision and accuracy, and he's fucking hitting him. And he's hitting Cub right on the fucking chin. But for the first round or so, it didn't seem to be bothering Cub. And Cub was swinging like that, and he said, from his hips, wild fucking hooks, wild Haymakers uppercuts. just fucking throwing him? He was just throwing, Joe man. Joe Rogan was all, every punch he throws is from his grandma's house. <laughs> 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 so it made it to be a really, really exciting fucking fight. Um... I did have it for Swanson, and Swanson did win the fight. Uh, he did just—he was—he was the better fighter that night. I do think Duho Choi can win that fight, but he just has to come and approach it in a different way. I think he approached it just like he approaches every other fight. It's just another fight. He's just another fighter. I'm gonna do. Yeah. I'm gonna make him fight me. And what happened is he wound up fighting Cub, and that was yeah. not in the game plan, and he got overwhelmed, and he got hit when it, with when it, way when, too yeah. many shots. When it clearly wasn't his type of fight, he kind of didn't really know how to turn it into his fight. He didn't know how to change the real momentum of it and make it more of a structured fight. He didn't know how to do it. He doesn't know how to fight in the trenches. That's where he's vulnerable. He needs to be have the distance so he can patiently pick his shots the way Connor does, like when it becomes a, a phone booth fight, exactly. both of them kind of we don't know how to cover up we don't know how to get it in the mix or do anything like that we need our space and that was really in favor of cub it who was, just kept coming too, and he just kept like coming. a fucking windmill yeah. he did get caught uh the Superboy caught him, uh, I think, twice and really had him dazed but he just couldn't because he's all about precision and accuracy once he caught him well, Cub just shelled up, and uh, the Superboy just didn't really know how to get too, within too, the shell. Uh, he was too worried about being perfect. He mm -hmm. didn't just put it on him and keep the uh, punches flying. He was just like, no, i got to wait for the next perfect shot. Yeah. By the time he saw it, thought he saw it, it was too late. Cub had recovered. But it was an amazing fucking fight. Uh, I'm going to rewatch. There's a couple more that I want to rewatch to see if it's fight of the year, but that is a definite, definite Yeah, that's coming contender. in a week is yeah. you're going to get our pick for yeah. fight of the year. So crazy. <laughs> Then we have our co-main event, which is Donald Cowboy Cerrone versus Matt the Murderer Brown. And uh, that was also a great fight. You had the first round really back and forth. You have actually, it was the first round where Cowboy's at 170 because Cowboy's usually fighting at 155. This is the first round at 170 that Cowboy actually looked mortal. Like he wasn't completely dominating in all these other fights like he has been or anything like that. It was very, very even and I actually had the first round going to Brown. It was just, it was... It was too even, and Donald... It was uh, And Donald, he was, like, landing a couple of shots here and there. He was having a harder time landing shots than we've seen recently. Mm -hmm. And he was actually landing the uh, the leg... Or not the leg kick, but he was landing a kick to the head yeah, of that, Brown. That and it, they kick. weren't having any effect in the beginning. Oh, dude. He, he just ate him. smiled head at kicks, him. Head kicks. Head kicks. Like, with a full That's nice how you got, champ? Swing. That's how you got, champ? All right, that's fine. And he was hitting You need to clip your toenails, champ. It was crazy. That's all I'm going to say. I think he hit him at least twice. I, I think three like, times. In the first round. Just yeah. in the first round. With that one in particular kick. But Cerrone didn't get discouraged. He didn't, he didn't fuck up his mental game like, oh, I can't hurt this guy. He's like, no, I'm just going to keep going. Yeah. I'm just going to keep grinding away, and I'm going to chip this motherfucker apart. I'm going to chop down the tree. And it fucking worked. And that's exactly what he did. And slowly but surely, he's chopping and chopping down. Third round comes around. Uh, or no, I, I don't know. Third yeah, round comes around. Are chopping each other and up. actually what happens is because um, – so. Donald Cerrone Cowboy is a fighter who just loves to fight. So when he's going into a fight, he'll talk shit and everything with you. 
but he doesn't actually hate you because he just loves his job. He just loves fighting, and he needs a fucking. We talk about that a lot. I would like. They just, it's a media thing. It's a drama thing. America right. specifically. Yeah. But he doesn't really go into that. But what happened is Matt Brown. It's he a big did. drama show. <laughs> he went into the big drama show. And so Matt Brown put on this impression of Matt Brown hating Donald and all that stuff. But Donald didn't fucking hate him. But he would play along. So when they went into the fight, it seemed like there was this humongous animosity. It seemed like they hated each other and all this. So third round comes around and uh, Cowboy just is looking and... Uh, they're about to, like, ring the bell, and they're about to, like, come forward and meet and start boxing or whatever. But Donald's, like, looking over at Matt Brown, and he has his hands up, like, kind of gesturing to him. Like, come on, man. Give me a hug, essentially. That's how he's doing it. Like, dude, uh, you want a hug? And then he, like, gestures out and kind of, like, the hug motion. And Matt Brown has his hands up, and he kind of looks at him. He's like, and he throws his hands up, like, okay. That's fair. Let, let's hug that's it out. That's cool. Because so, it's the final round of the fight. Fuck yeah, that's round. awesome, dude. Hey, come I've talked about how much yeah. that makes me happy. But what's fucked up God, is I, they love, hug. I love men hugging, you know? They hug, hug it out. Other. And dude, like 30 seconds later, <laughs> <laughs> Donald catches him with that same head kick that he's been landing he the entire time. He goes to fucking hug him and he knocks him out. And the dude <laughs> so the goes guy to kisses sleep, the, dude. The guy that kisses his lips the, before the fight started, he got knocked out, got taken out of a stretcher. Uh, <laughs> what fight was that? Yeah, what? I don't know. What Do you know that is the UFC. A guy, like, they're squaring up before the fight starts. He kissed him on the lips and he oh. knocks him out. Guy got pulled down on a stretcher. Can't, can't remember uh, that a couple years ago. Reference. Sorry, but no, yeah. you're yeah. talking about. Can't remember the exact reference. But no, that's, well, it was really funny because I feel like what happened was Donald Cerrone took the only thing Matt Brown had going for him, which was his hatred. And then he, like, knocked him out because of the hatred. And then Matt Brown oh, was like, love okay, knocks man. you out, dude. Love he kind of felt like, okay, now we're just going to spar, bro. <laughs> and then Donald was like, no, we're not. Bink! And he hit him with it. It was kind of fucked what? up. I'm like, but well, it wasn't. Mental warfare. It was kind of a, I, that's, what I, that's what I thought it was. I it softened was you kind up, of champ. a mental warfare. Softened you exactly. up, champ. You don't yeah. hate me, so you're not going to be fighting but as hard. Once you're going to take this kick as good. Exactly. God damn. Once again, fun. the Cowboy wins. That's kind of fucked up, though, dude. That's false advertisement. fashion. With that head kick, he is the leading guy with the most head kick finishes in the UFC. He is the badass at head kicks. He has gone 4-0 at 170 against all top 10 competition. He is definitely in line for a title shot at 170, but I think what's going to happen... I don't think it's going to happen. I think uh, they're going to put Woodley versus Thompson. And on that same card, they're going to do Cerrone versus Damian Maya Because Damian Maya right now is the number one contender. Damian Maya has been on a six-win win streak all against top ten contenders as well. Damian Maya is a motherfucking boa constrictor. Ooh. So, what you get... Dude, both. Both. He's really long and he's really lanky, but at the same time, of course, he's not a boa. But what he does is he slowly crawls on you, and then he just slowly, throughout two rounds, will constrict you. I think you, you took my joke literal. I was actually off. thinking he was a snake. Damian Maya is joke. by far the best person in the UFC right now at jujitsu. Name it: um, Tenth Planet Jujitsu, Gracie Jujitsu. You want to name the Japanese Jujitsu, whatever you want to call it. If it's Jujitsu, Damian Maya is the best right now in Jap- MMA. Jitsu. At jiu-jitsu. And what he does is he won't even punch you. Guess how many strikes Damian Maya has taken within his last four fights? Four. Boom. Four. He's taken four (laughs) strikes. Two of them from the same opponent. And then the other two fights, he didn't get hit. He didn't get hit in two fucking full fucking fights. Two rounds. That's... 15, 20 you put an Ali mama like, oh, look pretty. Look at me. I'm pretty. Look at my face. So <laughs> Damian Maya doesn't get hit. He takes you down and he fucking strangles you. 
Like a boa constrictor. Donald Cerrone is a black belt on the ground. Donald Cerrone is also a gangster on the mat. But what Donald Cerrone has is leg kicks. Damian Maya doesn't have leg kicks. So I feel in that match, Cerrone is going to be able to keep his distance. But if he doesn't, it's over. And I honestly feel like Damian Maya is going to win that match. That's a match for a later date. Anyways, Donald Cerrone defeats Matt Brown. Third round, head kick KO. Bam. So right now, we already have an amazing card. We've had two finishes. We've had a great fucking decision. This card is great so far. And then what's our fucking main fucking headliner? Max Holloway versus Anthony Pettis. A match you that talked I have about been both telling of them. Yeah. everybody. I've heard you talk about that plenty of to the names. Stop doubting names, yeah. Max Holloway. Stop doubting him. And everybody wanted to Well, you to were doubt doubting him. people too. And you said, I'm going to stop doubting people now. Well, Connor. I can't <laughs> Connor. Connor is someone you can't doubt, but uh, I'm on the Max train. Max before this match had won. That's why I think. That's why I know Connor's gonna knock out Floyd on the boxing match. You no know what I mean? You can't. You can't, <laughs> you can't wait, doubt Connor. Wait, wait, you wait, just wait. said it. Give me five minutes when we're gonna get to that. Yeah. Jesus, like we're going to <laughs> we're it. Get to it. Foreshadow. I can't foreshadow. Oh, I'm not allowed to foreshadow. Everyone else is. No, you jumped to the a gun. Foreshadow <laughs> is a clever hint. Yeah. Not a fucking. That was a clever hint. I said. I said Floyd. Payweather is <laughs> Connor McGruger. <laughs> Floyd Pittyworth. Yeah, okay, you got Fuck it. you guys. Oh, yeah, I handed at it. Uh, I thought it was going to... You guys I just thought, gave away my Easter egg. Great, great. I I'm, figured Max was going to end him with the submission of somehow, some Max. sort. <laughs> but what happened is, just like I said, uh, Pettis had a really fucking hard weight cut. He came in dehydrated, and what finished him was body kicks. Holloway... Now, the first... Round was super competitive, and I would actually kind of lean towards Pettis. He didn't look horrible. They actually Holloway's really slow when he first starts out, so I would give that first you round. Just fell out the fight or whatever. But apparently, Pettis broke his hand, and uh, just today Wait, in the fight, in the fight with after that first round, he did said, you see like the moment? Did they did they play the moment? Now he of says the moment, and I've rewatched it, and this is what happens with injuries when you're watching sometimes you just can't tell sometimes an injury sometimes a dude will tear his ACL just pushing off of the mat you know so Damn. injuries are really fucking hard to tell uh, I watched it I didn't believe him to be completely honest I'll in my like, corner, as the fight's going on Rogan's like he just said he broke his hand I was like this motherfucker didn't break his hand he's just mad right now because he's losing He's someone that's always been on top. He came in at 155, and he started winning. He lost one time, and then he got his fucking belt, and then he was on a really big fucking winning streak. So for him to just say, I broke my hand, doesn't make any sense. He would have to have done sprained it at least, right? I felt that it was just disingenuous. I felt that it was like, you're just upset because you're on a slope right now, and you got beat that first round, and so you come back, and your excuse to your corner, instead of saying, oh, I did this wrong, I did this wrong, was, I broke my back. Yeah, I broke my back. I broke my back. back. I broke my back. Exactly. What do you mean? Like in training? You like sprained a spi- spinal. <laughs> I broke my back. We talked about life. Yeah. We talked about life. At Both the friends. end of the day, at the end of the day, uh, Max Holloway finishes Anthony Pettis, and now Max Holloway is the interim champ. So what we're gonna get now is Max Holloway versus Jose Aldo. It's a great match. Uh, we'll get all that later. Um, but what happened is McGregor's not at 145 anymore, so I kind of feel bad for Max. What is that right now? 150? 155. Because Max fought McGregor three years ago, and it was McGregor's first or second fight within the UFC, and all of McGregor's finishes besides Max Holloway's are knockouts. 
He went to a decision with Max Holloway, and I feel that if Max Holloway can beat Jose Aldo, Max Holloway versus Connor is a decent matchup. I still think Connor probably wins that. Not Connor, but in definitely that de- wins. in that division, right? Because he didn't knock out Nate. It was a decision, right, on Nate. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that was just in that de- in that division of the weight class. He it was all knockouts, correct? Or? Correct. At one forty five, oh, okay, he yeah. knocks everybody. That's all I was asking. That's correct, but. The one person at 145 that didn't get out. knocked out was Max Holloway. Which is and money. If he, can get, if he can beat Aldo and be the champ, I think that's a great story. It's yeah, someone yeah. who's coming back. I think that could sell. Oh, yeah. You could. You, you didn't know, get me down. You, could you didn't get me down, Ray. Yeah, you I didn't get me down, Ray. So that's a good th- That's yeah. another opportunity for McGregor. But the thing is, is McGregor has too many opportunities right now. He has so much shit. He can do whatever he wants. And he, he I, can I literally don't, do I don't whatever know if he, he can make 145 anymore. I think he can. I think Connor's determined you, I enough. Would, I think it would really, really hurt him. I think it would hurt him. And I think it would take himself. years. Yeah. He's 5'10". I, and he's killing him. He was killing himself to make 145. Every weigh-in when he's all screaming, ah, ah all that bullshit. Like, you could, he looks so gaunt. Oh, you're right. Drained. He looks like a fucking skeleton, dude. You're completely he's right. I think big. he'll do one more fight at it. Just if it's Max or Jose. There's no way he's... El- and a lot of people I think, think he's I think do he's it. too egotistical to do that. I think he's too egotistical to be like, I already fucked up Aldo. I don't need to fucking even ever look at him again. That's what he's going to say I destroyed him Aldo. in 13 seconds. I think the really? one argument will be for Holloway. Like, I already, well, you beat, with the decision. I already beat Holloway. That's what he's going to say. Well, it's like, but that was the one guy you took to a decision. I conquered that fucking division. Huh? I never going by. I'm and I think, it up. I think what Max will do is Max will call him out and be like, well, then let's do it at a catch weight. Let's do it at 150. I'm not wasting my fucking time. And you're Price right. You're right. That might happen because Connor can apparently fight Canelo. Connor can apparently fucking fight McGregor. Like, why are Please these boxers? Why are these boxers coming out and challenging Connor? I don't understand. I gotta pee. Oh, I, I'm um, still listening. So Connor is gonna not do boxing anymore. He's or fighting anymore. He's gonna do Tour de France. I heard that he was gonna <laughs> be a bicyclist, which I'm fine with. He told, yeah, he my t- fucking sickle is fucking heavy. <laughs> he told Lance Armstrong to take all the fucking steroids. <laughs> fucking world, I'll beat you. I'll beat you. I'll beat every fucking money. Even though he's got the, he's got a, my footwork is fucking heavy. <laughs> no, he gets gassed out my in the battles. second round of the fight. <laughs> God damn it, dude. But, uh, wait, did Chris, wait, did you so want to switch to news or something? Yeah. Okay, so. I can't, but I'm not that yeah, fine. Oh, you're fine. Because you did, because you made, you gave us like a leave off line. Yeah, I was giving you the McGregor line so you could go into the box. Yeah, he was telling us about McGregor's uh, Tour de France, so he <laughs> wanted us to go into there. So you lead into the, the a, news a, and then I'll finish with a quick 207 review. Okay, so um, let's get into a little bit of uh, fight talk news. Couple of, uh, something that's been everyone's been talking about the past couple of weeks. We haven't really got into it yet, but now we will. Um, and that is Conor McGregor has been saying forever that he wants to fight Floyd Mayweather in a boxing match. He keeps saying, I'll fight him in a boxing match. He's even said he needs me. He needs me. He can't go, who's going to fight? Who's he going to fight? It's like, well, no one. He's retired. I'll fight him Jack in the Sam. I'll fight him like a man. <laughs> Connor Ham or whatever. Uh, but the thing that I have with this. Saying, he keeps saying he wants to fight Floyd under boxing rules with the eight-ounce gloves and a ring and all that, 12 rounds. He keeps saying he wants to do that, even going as far as to getting a boxing license in California. And everyone's making that an enormous Deal. I, got, I, I have a, for a deal. just to tell the listeners, I have a boxing license in California. You want to talk about professionalism? I know nothing, yeah, it's, and yet it's really I'm over here. Shit. That's how easy it is to get a box. It's like a weed card. 
right now Floyd is tied, correct? With the best, uh, with um, who who's the guy mm-hmm. that went uh, like uh, Caesar Chavez or something? So right now you mean Floyd's his undefeated record, correct? Right now he's tied with somebody, well, so, he so he needs one more. So he needs one more fight to to. No, like, yeah, look, oh. he's forty nine and zero. This is the same as Rocky Marciano when he retired oh. from heavyweight champion. Yeah, I know more than you. He was forty nine and zero with forty three <laughs> knockouts. Uh, Floyd Mayweather is retired at forty nine. There was a lot of talk about, oh, you want to go 15 0 15 0? And he's like, no, I don't, I don't care about that. I just, I did what I had to do, what I wanted to do. I'm kind of done with fighting. It doesn't excite me that much anymore. I got everything I could ever want. I'm, fo- I'm 40 years old. I'm done. And that's why he retired. He's fucking 40. What a pussy. Uh, Beop's 51. But uh, hold on. <laughs> is it not intriguing for him to see this guy who is, I want to say, Probably at least on the same stage as Canelo for pay-per-view vice, if not a little bit more Absolutely, within yeah. the MMA. Yeah, community. yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Because you have, yeah, Connor is the biggest name in MMA and one of the biggest names in combat sports in general. He's absolutely huge, and that would generate a ridiculous amount of money. And when and, yeah. and when you and when you're the kind of asshole that changes your name from Pretty Boy Floyd, amazing <laughs> nickname, to Money Mayweather, you kind of care about money. And that wait, fight, wait, what gave it away? <laughs> <laughs> that that fight would make a tremendous amount of money, and uh, because because mo- first of all, because the freak show aspect, exactly, yep. it's such a circus show, and you have all the casual, people, yeah. all the douchey casual fans. Floyd's gonna knock him the fucking head. Talking about, oh yeah, this is MMA versus boxing. Which one's better? Blah blah blah, and all that mixed martial stuff. arts and, and boxing. Okay, yeah. Well, actually, the, that. actually, the fucking. Uh, the, the casual fans don't even really call it MMA. Usually the casuals call it just UFC as if UFC is the name <laughs> yeah, of the UFC. sport. Yeah, so, oh, you know what? Oh, I've been training UFC. Like, no, you haven't. No, you haven't. That's, UFC, that's like, no, there's MMA. MMA is the sport, and I'm, UFC is the league in which yeah. all the best compete. That's what I said. I've been practicing NFL. Yeah, that's that's what I what I've been practicing HBO boxing. HBO promotions? You know, I'm all about that HBO. i got a gym I go to. I'm all about that TNT <laughs> basketball. What's up? Exactly. This fuck, casual fans are such idiots. Yeah, because you're TNT. Here's the you're thing, dude, if you're a casual <laughs> fan, like I don't, I'm not mad at you for not following a combat sport. Yeah, but, you are. But they always, <laughs> but they act like they know more than you. They yeah, always act like they know the most because they heard some guy on ESPN who doesn't follow the sport either. Exactly. And they, they repeat, they regurgitate what some other asshole fucking said. Congratulations, like, I re- regurgitate everything at it's, so it's the most. I'm a, he regurgitates whatever this other asshole, asshole says. Yeah, but yeah. he's the asshole. And, well, and that's more. That's still better. Than those ass because they're repeating what fucking ESPN douchebags who don't who don't follow. know what they're talking about. I am. Yeah. Yeah. No, you have a podcast. You fuck us. Network. Fucking network. Fucking network. Podcast. We actually follow. We don't do like NFL coverage and then all of a sudden read off a teleprompter or some yeah. bullshit Were about the that sport. We never fucking watch. When you freaking yeah. out about that? Like they fucking they're talking about boxing. It's like you you study a different sport. Yeah. How can you yeah, even I've been judge freaking it? out about that for eleven years? No, it's sports. <laughs> Isn't sports a blanket <laughs> term? <laughs> Isn't sports a blanket term? Like yeah, sports, yeah. it's that's just like, sports, dude. Yeah. Okay, so oh, that's, like, your mouth. that's like, <laughs> dude, that's like fucking uh, Richard Dawkins, who's an evolutionary biologist, trying to talk over Neil deGrasse Tyson about fucking outer space. It's like, no, that's not your field, bro. You're both scientists, UK, but he has an entirely different field. You douchebag. You don't know anything about it. And that's why Richard Dawkins doesn't do that. Because yeah, he's smart right. enough yeah. to know. <laughs> Astrophysicist versus an uh, fucking like, evolutionary biologist. Yeah, I, don't space. Yeah. I don't know about space, bro. I don't know about space. I know about <laughs> flipper retarded. No, 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 no
that's like, what the casual fans would say. And like, and like, it's that fight is a complete and total win-win for Connor and a yep. lose-lose for Floyd. If that's Connor, what I was gonna say. So like, okay, so if they fight and Connor wins somehow a miracle, yeah, he somehow manages miracle. to beat Floyd Mayweather in a fucking boxing ring. You feel that? That's fucking pride. And I will, I will get to all the reasons why he wouldn't in a minute. But right now, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Right now, I'm just going to tell you, if he were, because at him, I'm pretty sure in his mind, he knows, he, he feels that he could definitely beat Floyd. He's taller than Floyd. He, has, he has longer reach. reach than Floyd. He's a lot heavier than Floyd. He's 28. He's in the prime of his life. He's Floyd heavier is 40 than years Floyd. Old. He's, definitely he's a lot heavier. more active than Floyd because Floyd's fucking retired. He Floyd has, will he has great, mop him. He has great power. So he's For like, boxing, I can win yes. this fight. And if I win this fight, I'm considered the greatest fighter of all time. He will, he's, that's in his head. Like, if I win this fight, I'm the greatest fighter of all fucking time. Even though, you know, Holly Holm was in boxing. They went, it's two MMA. different She's sports. Not <laughs> I don't understand. Like, shut it's the two fuck different up. fucking Gosh, things, dude. Like, yeah, Sorry, stop they... yelling while I'm talking. But, like, it's that saying, like, oh, I crossed over sports. I became blah, blah, blah. And both of them. It's like, yeah, Holly Holm did that first. But anyways, like, so in his mind, if he wins, that's, he's after he, and then all the douchey casual fans will be like, oh, MMA is better than boxing. Blah, 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 all that whole thing. What's more likely to happen if the fight happens is he loses badly. But that's still not really a lose for him because he can always say, well, it was on the boxing rules. If it was in a fucking, if it was in the cage, I'd fucking win, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but you know what he would do, right? Is if he started getting boxed up by Floyd... Randomly, a pull spinning a, back kick would happen. Pull a Victor and Ortiz and headbutt him or something. Exactly, and then it would Out be of second nature. It's second nature. Yeah, exactly. He would try to tackle him. He would try exactly. to tackle him. Especially <laughs> if he gets tagged. If he gets tagged, he's going to shoot. He's going to shoot. You're, when you're practicing something for so long, it's a dance. That's with anything. He's going to say, no, I was trying to clinch. I, we accidentally fell. Mm-hmm. It was just trying to clinch. I wasn't trying to take him down. It was, we fell. Even if he loses, he gets his... I think he would get stopped, but... Even if he loses, he, he could always fun. say, well, that's because those were those rules. And he would start goading Floyd. He's like, oh, Floyd's f- afraid You're to fight me. me. Yeah. He's afraid to fight me in a cage. He's afraid to fight me. So he can save You're face. You have seen me. And all the fans <laughs> will say the same thing to save face. It's like, they're like, like and just do that same thing. So it's fucking win-win for him. There's no way he could lose. And on top of all of that, he's going to make by far the biggest uh, payday of his yep. fucking life. Two of the biggest names in pay-per-view history. Yeah, duh, it's all and for Floyd money. Floyd is absolutely the number one biggest name in pay-per-view history. Like, and right now he's, he's not, not fighting, so when he comes out of retirement, whoever he fights is going to be a great people are gonna buy because it. he's coming out of retirement. He, he's, dude, people complain about how unexciting his fights are, and yet they buy it every fucking time. Because what does that show you? That shows you something. When someone can't get hit, that's not... Not entertaining. That's very entertaining. You're just mad because you want him oh, to tell that, People tell want that, a bro. People that, want yeah, death. Tell that to all the dumbasses who actually thought Manny Pacquiao beat him. <laughs> People it's want fu- death. That's fucking baffling. There's a kid at my work who believes that. Hold on. Um. So wait. Um. What's Floyd's weight? Where's he fight at? Okay. Oh, so, um, He's at 113 So right that's now. the thing. And so <laughs> it's, it's lose-lose for Floyd because even if he... <laughs> So if Floyd, if the fo- if the fight were to happen, Floyd beats the shit out of Conor McGregor, they'll say those same things. Oh, that was just a boxing match, blah blah blah. You should have fought him in the cage, all that stuff. And if he loses, oh, it's a, obviously it's a huge fucking, it's a huge lose for him because he takes so much pride in his zeros, uh, and that would be just absolutely devastating, especially if it's this guy who comes over from a fucking it's a different, different sport, <laughs> sport like from a UFC sport, you know? You know? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, but anyways, but like as far as the actual fight goes. If you look, like I said, talk about the weight and their dimensions. Floyd is 5'8". He's uh, shorter than... Con- he's not even a big welterweight. And he's fought... Almost all of his big fights have been at uh, the welterweight limit, which is 147 pounds. 
which is the weight class that Connor started at and has a hard time making. He started at 140. He moved up to five. one. He started at 145, fought most of his career at 145, and then moved up, fought, had the two fights at 170. Now he fights at 155. He fought at 155 in uh, Cage Warriors as well, so he's always been um, uh, fluctuating in between 145 and 155. Floyd had his heaviest, he has, he's had two fights above 147 against Oscar La Hoya and against Canelo Alvarez. Mm. Those and fights were at 154. Like one- at 154, Guess he fought who those won. two fights. <laughs> but Sorry. most of his big fights were at 147. And Floyd is not a big welterweight, even. He usually would weigh in. Like, day, like, uh, like you talked about before how UFC does the weigh-ins on Friday, and then that's it. No. In boxing, they do the weigh-ins on Friday, and then on Saturday, they have them step on the scale one more time to see how much they rehydrated. Because some guys, a lot of guys got hurt, and so they were like, we need to really make sure motherfuckers are maintaining their weight and not ballooning up too much. Am I maintaining? I feel like I'm maintaining. <laughs> so, like, you have a good, like, so your average welterweight weighs in 147 on Friday, and then on Saturday, they weigh, like, 157. Floyd would, weigh, Floyd would weigh in at like 146 and then weigh in 150. Like you know what I mean? Like he's he's a small and he likes to keep his like size because he has that speed advantage. Whoa, that's So there, there's obviously a, d- a huge difference. No, that much legit. of a difference of weight in one fucking day is crazy. Well, Floyd's fighting where he should fight. Tim Kennedy drops 15 pounds week of. So he'll come in at 200 week of his fight. He'll come in Monday, weighing 200. By Friday, he's got to weigh 185. He's a Kennedy? Probably <laughs> 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 gets better shit. But yeah, no, uh, I, like, I like that in with the ring, bro. I like that he stays in the ring, around his, his yeah, natural uh, weight. He doesn't go, he doesn't fluctuate too too low or too high. He's I think slowly built up his, like, at, like his, uh, he turned pro at 130 pounds. Had seven, oh, wow. 17 fights, got a first title shot, obviously won it in dominating uh, fashion. Had 10 title fights at 130, so he had like 28 fights at 130 pounds. Then he moved to 135, then 140, then you know 147, fuck. and then 154 those couple times. He's getting wow. fatter. Dude, Is that what you mean? 24 pounds, and he's still that fast, and he's still that much of a Well, actually, ghost. he fought Miguel Cotto at 154, too. Wow. Yeah, so that's three Damn. fights at 154. That really nuts. puts a little staple for me as a casual At least he's fluctuating, not just one weight class. About being into Floyd's stock. Yeah, right? and here's what's funny. And not just one like, weight class. It's let's fluctuating. Say, like, and that's a big question is what weight class would they fight at? If Connor were to come over to boxing and actually get a fight with Floyd Mayweather, would it be at the 147 weight limit or would it be at 154? Dude, there's not a 150? There's a catch weight. Why don't they just, I, I think it'd be a catch Why don't they just fight? go up to 180 and just go from, like, like <laughs> honestly, like, get fat and just fight from no, there? No, because here's why that's then important. Even. No, even that catch weight is important to discuss one simple thing that a lot of people don't know is the glove size. 147. Oh, wait. One, f- think listen, of that. W- listen, 147 and down, they, weigh, they wear 8-ounce gloves on it. fight night. 8-ounce gloves. Connor has never fought anything that heavy. Eight ounce gloves. That's going to be a big difference for him. Dude, he doesn't wear but, he doesn't wear Abby gloves. But uh, every, well, <laughs> at at one fifty four, junior middleweight. That's when they start having guys wear ten ounce gloves. Okay, that's even worse what? for Connor. That's even yeah. worse for Connor. MMA because he has bitch hands. MMA gloves that. are five ounces. Five ounces. Another two. No, under two? Two. Yeah. Whoa! Wait. What just are happened? You sure. What just happened? MMA MMA gloves are two ounces. Damn, bro! I thought they were. How five. did you not know? I'm, that's being told. That <laughs> How fucking fine. dare you embarrass Chris on the podcast, dude? <laughs> Fuck you. We're editing all that out. Chris, no, say it again. Say two, say, say two pounds. Say two. We've seen Connor hit the mitts. Four ounces. Four ounces? Oh, he was Google closer. Says. So Google he, says 
Four <clears> ounces. <throat> Standard yeah, weight yeah, is four right. ounces. Chris wins. <laughs> you win, Chris. And that's going to end it for the alcohol. It's, in between, <laughs> it's in between four and six. Um, yeah, that's what I tell him. <laughs> at, one, at 170 and up. <laughs> that was good. That was fucking good. <laughs> it was good. I'm so focused on this stupid glove size that I am. Uh, <laughs> oh, baby girl, it's in between four and six. No, that's good. I always have what, to like no, remember no, that this is no, a comedy podcast and I'm not a fight podcast. Chris, what makes that dick joke so good is that that's a huge gap for a dick. That's a third of your dick. <laughs> <laughs> that's a big difference, son. Oh, it's oh, a huge funny. difference. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry, I, I got no, it. No, I had to go off mic. I thought that was good. That was good one. I'm editing all the other jokes. So that one's gonna be the one. <laughs> That's the only James TV said one thing. It was fucking money. Mayweather, straight fire. <laughs> so here's what, okay. So let's say let's say they sort that out, right? Let's say they um like whatever fucking glove size. It doesn't really matter because Floyd's gonna win either way. Just I think Floyd. Would it's gonna make a yeah, either way. Because here's why. And for those who are getting mad right now, and you know who you are. <laughs> Talking about, oh, Connor McGreatness, no way he loses. Are you talking to someone specifically? <laughs> oh, my um, God. He's going to burn our house down. I, had you know who I, had, I told him I told he him all this. He put the in outside, Adney. No, I told him all this. I told him all this. Him stuff. to his face or at his son? <laughs> 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 no, you tell him I said this. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, over Facebook. <laughs> but over listen, Facebook. Through a comment. But listen, like, <laughs> shut up. If you're if you really if you're like well, no oh Connor is so incredibly powerful and look what he does standing up I mean boxing is standing up right Connor does his best work when he's standing up let me tell you why his stand up is mediocre is what is what mediocre it's not even Man. mediocre at the boxing level it's, I understand it's not even I understand if you're like a casual fan and you don't or if you don't watch boxing at all just MMA that you don't understand the subtleties of stand up game. There's no they, like I can like if I watch I watch right. MMA fight yeah. and they get to the ground I don't understand the subtleties yeah. I understand oh that guy's on top of that guy so he's winning right uh-huh. <laughs> like I, I can't as really, I'm standing up there and I'm like pointing to the fucking TV oh really what he needs to do is he moves the hand <laughs> down here he's push his leg away you know so yeah yeah, yeah I don't like, Abby's like why don't they just stand in the fight what's going on what's wrong where are you going what's wrong is what's wrong is most MMA fighters cut on Floyd because it's gonna be one cuddle out of fucking 49 wins. <laughs> so, like, so, Sorry, so no, his actual stand-up, like, he doesn't do anything dynamic when he's standing up. He doesn't have a hard right hand. He doesn't even have a good jab. What he does is he sends the right hand out there as a range finder, or he'll have his hand open and try to grab onto your front hand. I don't like that. Don't. Yeah, he's just. <laughs> <laughs> so, don't, don't practice on me. You practice on deck if you want. You don't put your hand like on my slowly face. He's backing up like, away from Abby. Like, watch. Really funny. Watch he did this, right? He knocked him out like this. <laughs> like, and what people say is like probably his most impressive win is the Aldo fight. Watch those 13 seconds, right? Even 13. Like, even in those 13, 13 seconds. Say it right, 13. Look at his chin. His chin it's, is almost in the air. He's almost looking at the ceiling, how high his chin is. Yeah, because he can knock out anybody by looking at the sky. He's God. God, God Abby. Sky is the limit. <laughs> That's right. You better warn Floyd. That's all I'm saying. His left hand is by his chest, so it's not blocking anything. So he has hand over his and heart. his right hand is stretched out. He's like this. He's, right, he's stretched out, and he's kind of like trying to pull down all those hands, and then he's able to then he did the same thing to Alvarez. Yeah, he did. Which I would say is an even more impressive win. 
because he moved up in weight and he was and he kind of picked him apart first. It wasn't just one shot. He was a be- He was much better. And what he do? It was the same thing. He just reached out. He was reaching out and he was waiting and then touched him with the left. He got himself off balance and he was off balance and then just kind of led with the left hand and like uh, led uh, with the and left reach, <laughs> and like reaching, reaching. Reaching like there's no power behind that right hand, and he'll throw it as a hook, but it's super wide and as a distraction to get that straight left in there. That's what he has is that straight left hand. He doesn't have much else, and he's got some kicks, but you he knows, can't kick and box. He knows how to he knows how to move forward. You can kick and, and box. Listen, he knows how to move forward, and he knows how to move backwards. I'll give him that. He can move backwards fast and counter like yeah, he did against true. Aldo. Yeah. He does have that. But that's a one shot. He doesn't know how to follow up. Nate Diaz, who has average boxing skill, was able to outbox him when they were standing up. When he got Connor against the cage, what did Connor do? He didn't know how to cover up. Nate Diaz was giving very basic combination. It was basic. shoe. It wasn't even combination. It was shoe shining. He was just the same thing: hook, hook, hook. Not very fast, and Connor still wasn't able to defend against it. He was dry. He was like, oh, I don't know how to defend against all these punches. And he was getting caught with like fifty percent of those shots. It's like shots. Like coming from money, maybe well, that's all he does is slap. Floyd doesn't like because like they're very different. Like uh, Nate Diaz, like we talked about, does like sixty percent power. He's not that fast. He just throws a lot. Floyd doesn't throw a lot, but he's very fast. He's very precise, and he throws with power. He has underrated power. He doesn't go for the knockout. Yeah, that's he why. just doesn't go for them. Yeah, he just uses his power to completely shut you down because you're afraid of that counter shot. Why would you go for the knockout if you're that fucking good at being a ghost? Like you don't need to. Yeah, why can, waste yeah, that energy? He's a defensive energy. fighter. That's his yeah. particular style. He likes to shut you're made you down. Of energy. You don't and need. And he is made of energy. Yeah, you're a ghost. Yeah, dude. And here's the thing: is make <laughs> is. <laughs> Wait, we're talking so like if like so also another thing is like so Connor comes up trying to stretch out that right hand trying to distract Floyd with that straight left hand it's not going to work better southpaws have tried <laughs> like I don't, don't I don't like the way you said that it was hilarious like that's mm-hmm. better southpaws have tried just to, like when you talk about like pawing at people and then you're like better southpaws I just feel like Yogi right, Bear like Yogi Bear trying to tell like, him he's making He's trying to make fun. Trying to explain why. I feel like fucking Connor's trying to grab the fucking guy in a picnic basket, and then Floyd's over there as the uh, sheriff of the fucking the sheriff? park ranger, whatever. Go ahead, Addy. Another thing, Connor gasses out in yeah, the second yeah. round of an MMA fight. Now that, let's say that, that's their five minute rounds each. So let's say at the end of the second. So let's say ten minutes. Yeah, let's, let's give him two rounds. That put means him in, the third. in the fourth round of a boxing match, he's gassed. In the fourth round. That's when Floyd has figured you out and starts beating the shit out of you from the fourth on. You know what I mean? Like it's that's how he he starts off slow to figure you out. He'll play defense. He's been caught a couple of times as he's gotten older, but he's never been dropped by a guy. He has one knockdown in his career, and that's because he broke his hand on a guy's head and Didn't then he touched the, the canvas. canvas with his knee or with his hand. With, yeah, with, with his, hand, his yeah. glove. And he's like, Everyone ah. makes a he point goes, about I fucked, that. I broke, I broke my fucking hand. I broke and my then, hand, but I still won, so I guess yeah. we're a, I mean, I guess it's and a touch. And then he dominated the guy with one hand for the rest of the fight. Like, that's... Man, the more you talk about it and the more you emphasize it, I, I just don't see it. Why would Floyd take the fight? Like, because of money! Because would, both of them draw in so much money. That's my thought. And he's As an outside perspective. Talking shit. I'm like, literally an outside <laughs> perspective. And yeah, he doesn't like... He's. I'm not going to beat I know a fucking white man. He's probably... <laughs> probably <laughs> fucking Bernard, he should probably, poor Sarah from Bernard Hopkins, all right? <laughs> but no, I feel like it's money-wise, man. It must money. He should probably do it sooner than later, then. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, he like I said, he's fucking 40. And he's a, he's slowed down he probably, a couple steps. How old is well, no. Canelo? 
Canelo is twenty fucking six. And oh, I think I no. think that, that fight, fight's gonna happen way. I think that then. fight makes a lot of sense <laughs> because not only is Canelo also in his prime, but Canelo fights. Apparently, he's one fifty four. That's what he keeps saying. He weighs one fifty four. It's like a pound yeah, under in your bra, pound <laughs> under fucking Connor. And now that Floyd is retired, Canelo is the biggest name in boxing. And that because Manny Pacquiao isn't isn't what he used to be. Like Canelo draws the biggest crowds. He has huge pay per view numbers. He's a, Canelo's a star. Also. He's a ginger, so you got like the Irish fighter from Ireland. Then oh you got this shit! Mexican fighter who's half Irish. Like that's an angle. Do you think they're? Gonna, <laughs> do you think they're gonna try to put uh, Connor against fucking Cannoli? Like well, is that gonna Canel- be? Or Cano- oh, I'm sorry, Canelo. They wouldn't like, like <laughs> when, when Floyd. Like, cause here's the thing, Connor. <laughs> dude, Connor, like sorry. Connor, is not gonna box anyone outside of Floyd Mayweather because that's the yeah, biggest yeah, payday. Exactly. He's not gonna risk it against someone like Polly Malinaji who called yeah, him out. There's no Mikey Garcia who called him out. Canelo him Alvarez. He wants some money. He the might do Canelo at the very end of his career for a nice little nightcap on everything. No, but he's gonna do. That's a dessert. He, he wants fight, a full. Dude, on, yeah, he wants that four full course meal. You know that four course meal. Right. I've already thought that and I'm not even a fighting fan I'm like I was already talking about people him fighting Floyd is such a money grab it's a grab the money and run sort of thing it's Pink Floyd it's take all the cash you can at one time it's a cash grab all because it's both pay-per-view buys both people are Here's the thing, bringing like, in pay-per-view buyers back, back to Connor Easy. like Southpaw fighters who had one punch knockout power and were a lot goddamn faster than Connor, had better stamina than Connor, were more aggressive than Connor, and can hit with their actual right hand. They've gotten to Floyd and landed a couple shots early on, but then got dominated. Like, Connor is not going to win a fight against Floyd. Against, in a boxing match, I think that Floyd just beats him up and the, his corner's going to have to stop the fight in the mid rounds. I think Floyd beats him up at 50. I think at 50. I think that fight gets stopped mid-rounds, but if he were to fight Canelo at 154, he gets violently knocked out. Do you think he gets violently. stopped? I, th- I think he gets stopped by Floyd. Like, his corner like goes, or the referee says, that's enough, because he has no defense. Connor does not know how to defend, and Floyd has been hit flush and not gone down. He has incredible recuperative abilities, and then as soon as you get hit... He has immediately figured out that punch, and you never get to land it again. Ask Shane Mosley. Like, he does. Ask Zab Judah. Southpaw. Like, you, you can't land the same shot on him. Like, you have to get really, really lucky, and Connor can't get the shot in. But so, I think. I think Floyd beats him up, and Floyd is agreed. really great. Floyd is really good at body punches. That's a lot of things people don't talk about. He's really good at throwing to the body, and Connor has never been hit to the body. Mm. He's never had to deal with body punches, because body punches aren't as common in MMA. Take that. He's going to get breaking down. But against Canelo Alvarez, who's his same size and age, Canelo is so physically strong and has a lot of punching power, he gets violently dropped like Amir Khan. Any boxing match that Conor goes into, if he starts losing, he will kick him and it will be (laughs) disqualified. Why would he risk getting knocked out on the biggest stage of his career when he could easily accidentally throw a spinning back kick and be disqualified. It wouldn't make any sense. So as he's getting his ass pounded and he's like, I'm about to get knocked out. How about I just kick him and then get disqualified instead of, I think he'd rather get disqualified than being knocked out. Yeah, but can he lose money? Can he lose money? Out of nowhere, set up giant. He might lose a little bit of money. That's what I'm saying. He's not going to lose a lot of money. Listen, what he might lose. All the money's gone. (laughs) Out of nowhere, a fucking big head kick that drops the guy, knocks him out, and he'll be like, well, I knocked him out. 
like yo, you, you got disqualified. This counts as loss. So yeah, it counts as loss, but everyone knows who. It counts as a knockout, homeboy. Knows. Counts as a fucking knockout. Crazy if you went for a head kick and it knocked the person out. I bet you he would. That'd be gnarly. Because in his mind and a lot of people's minds, like, oh yeah, well that means if it was a street fight. He would have won. It's like, well, the other guy wasn't expecting it because it wasn't supposed to happen. Because that's not in the sport. That's what I think. It's like, you, you knocked him out with a leg kick. It's not in the sport. It's like, yeah, my legs in are fucking heavy. In a street fight. I'm like, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just going to, let me just uh, smash all this right now. In a street fight, if you are not a collegiate athlete that has wrestling skills, you aren't taking down an amateur boxer. And you're not even getting close to an amateur boxer. If you don't have any sort of wrestling background, it's that fucking simple. Just the way that I see Adney move, just the way when I'm playing around. Did you talk to me last week? With you, were like, you were talking to me personally. I'm just fucking me, around yeah. with them. There's no trying way. to fight me, and I, he was like, whoop my ass. He's like, see if this was Adney, I'd be fucking, uh, he'd be fucking me up. <laughs> no, I can't even get close to Adney. I would have to take at least three shots this is a personal just experience, to be able too. to get close to Adney just to take him down. And Adney isn't even a professional boxer, and he will admit that right now. Yeah, far from. I'm an amateur. I'm out of 396 fights on Machenko. I lost to him though. So I'm not like a collegiate. You can look me up on Google, Doctor Dadney Beach. I'm not a collegiate wrestler, but but I did do wrestling in college or college. Wrestlers, I did do wrestling in high school, so I know how to wrestle. <laughs> I know the fundamentals, and I'm still having a hard time taking someone down that's not even considered an amateur. As a boxer, just someone who loves boxing, there's no fucking way. This whole MMA versus boxing dispute. Why does like, it even need to be a thing? Exactly. Like I agree. Basketball like, versus NFL. It exactly. doesn't make any sense. You're not doing soccer versus the NFL. Just because it's, it's a because fucking it's fighting a sport. sport. Yeah, it's a combat and sport. It's just, and also, people always want to do my thing that I like is better than your thing that you like. Yeah. Everyone does that for everything. What would happen if you get a wrestler and a boxer in a match? You're going to have a draw because the wrestler's not going to be able to take the boxer down and the boxer isn't going to hit the wrestler because the boxer isn't going to be able to get close enough to hit him without shooting. Shooting every time that now, what would happen is the boxer might catch him with an uppercut, or the wrestler might get him. Yeah, the wrestler has his head, like, head forward, head forward. We've, we've seen, seen so like many, we've seen so many scenarios of it going back and forth. Exactly. Uh, there was a show the on History Channel that explained this, and I was and like all, a boxer can't be a fucking uh, three hundred. I've, I've talked. We said a lot about how Conor would get destroyed in a boxing, but I also I'm not going to sit here and say that Floyd would beat him in the cage. There's no, there's no way Floyd beats Conor McGregor in the cage. I agree with that. That's what I'm saying. I'm like because of because because of his because of his fast leg kicks he was slow right now and even though connor isn't great on the ground a lot better than floyd, a lot better than floyd. <laughs> yeah way better dude of course boxer is or uh, connor is one of those in the ufc it's like his boxing game but no his boxing game in the ufc and in the ufc i would give canelo a better chance in the cage against connor That's than fair. Floyd he's a bigger because presence. he's bigger yeah. he's stronger Bigger, and he's got stronger, and, he, and he, he puts more into his shots, so he has more chance of knocking Connor out. Like Floyd doesn't try to put everything behind his shots because he's more he plays to that type. He doesn't of even style. throw a punch. His style does not translate. Wouldn't translate very to well. At all. Yeah, no, like, it actually make a lot of boring. He would go to a decision. He would let people wrestle themselves out. Like, you wrestle yourself. Like, no, you just tap no, yourself no, out. Like, Canelo, Canelo would go in there like a Rumble Johnson and try to fucking yeah. throw punches from Mississippi into your dome <laughs> and send you to the shadow realm. 
<laughs> and I think he was, has a chance of beating Carl. But, uh, and that's going to bring us to Doctor Strange review again. Great review. Great stuff. Great stuff. Great fight talk. Uh, great I episode. I want to talk one, one more. One quick news item is Andre Ward is saying that he wants to retire. Oh, shit. We forgot about this. This is fucking crazy. I'm undefeated. Uh, I did all these things. I wanted Bro, to retire. Bro, you got beat like the first four rounds. I want to retire. <laughs> I want to retire on top knowing that I did everything. It's like, no, dude. It's st- people are still saying you lost to Kovalev. <laughs> you owe it to Sergey to give him that rematch. If he doesn't rematch Sergey, he's a piece of shit. He what if he rematches Sergey and then retires? If he beats Sergey in the rematch, all right, like it doesn't bug you as much. Win, I'm like, okay. Because you settled all the business. I'd still be a little upset because he didn't fight Adonis Stevenson. And he's, wait, wait how old is Ward right now? Ward's uh, 20, 21. 30, but don't, sh- don't listen to him. 31, 32. Mm-hmm. He's still like, I talked about how I think he's a, he's a step slower, but he's still, he's not old. He's not an old fighter. You know what I mean? And the fact, I think that seems so stupid to be like, oh yeah. You could argue I lost for the first time, but instead of like proving that I'm the best and proving that I have, that I am better than that I'm guy, gonna go I'm just gonna retire. Way. That's a chicken shit way to go. And he also hasn't even proven that he's the best yet. Like I, he, he still had like, like he, at least Floyd proved that he was the best at that yeah, way. It's like yeah, oh, but, totally did. Yeah, yeah he, but, but he answered all the questions. <laughs> like, but Ward heard that God said he's the best, so that's why. He's <laughs> oh right, yeah, simple as that. God said you're the best, champ. God said. God said. Let's go, champ! Uh, you retire, champ! He also he also knocked out Adonis Creed in the movie Creed. <laughs> so. Oh shit! And that was not scripted, oh boy, not scripted. No, but they gave the him thing. the gloves and they said, "Go ahead, bro." Here's go the ahead. thing: like you are okay, you, you technically you got the decision against Sergey Kovalev, but Adonis Stevenson is still there. You never fought him. You should fight him, and more importantly, you should give the rematch to Sergey because it was inconclusive, and you need to prove it. Yeah. If he retires, just to have the un- uh, retired undefeated to pile on to the number of guys who retired undefeated without fighting as- enough challengers, you're an asshole. Yeah, you're and you're like, what we all thought of you after the Super Six, it's that goes gonna, away. Yeah, it's actually going to hurt away. your name. Yeah, it's yeah. going to hurt his name. Because they're going to look at you like a pussy. The reason why Andre, that we all fell in love with Andre Ward and we were so disappointed when he was inactive and we were so excited about his return, about fighting Sergey Kovalev, was because he was the guy who was who jumped at the opportunity of the Super 6 tournament where he was going to fight whoever of all the best guys in his division, fought them all, dominated them all. Then, Mortal Kombat then fought, style. Then fought Chad Dawson, the Undisputed Light Heavyweight Champion, and knocked him out. We're like, this guy is the shit. He'll fight anybody. And now here he is saying he doesn't want to give a rematch to the guy who beat him. Arguably. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. How dare you? Like, uh, I think that's complete garbage. I agree. I, I agree. Hey, God makes no mistakes. If he says I win, if he makes... There's the, no way you retire on a fight that that's that, that's that fucking close. No, but you, you come, come on, come on. It's Russia or America. You make the decision you want, okay? Where were you born? Where were you born again? Urington? Yeah, okay. You choose the Russian? That's fine. Yeah, that's I would fine. choose... Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Unless it's Lomachenko, I ain't choosing anybody else but America. All right, let's wrap... The, we, gotta, we gotta end this one. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but I just... I'm sorry, but there's like... There was a lot of news that I didn't, you know, get to really get to. I just wanted to get the last few things okay. out. I got a really... I got a really sad note to bring up, and I'm sorry I have to oh, do shit. this, but I want to pay my respects. Uh, earlier this year, I did talk about a guy named Nick Blackwell who was injured really badly, and he did survive. He is alive, but unfortunately, because of the damage he took in his fight with Chris Eubank Jr., 
He's never going to fight again. He's in physical therapy. He's having a really hard time. He's never going to fight again. But we did get that little bit of silver lining that he survived. And that's what a lot of us fans were like living off of these past several months. Is like, he didn't die. At least he didn't die. And fucking true to form, we got a death. Uh, a fighter named Mac, uh, Mike Towell of Scotland uh, suffered a bad knockout loss to a guy named Dale Evans. And unfortunately, he passed. Uh, he was 25 years old. He was 11 and 0. Just a, a really 25. Good yeah, he had a whole uh, life in, ahead of him. And once again, this horrible shit fucking happens. And it's like, and there's just horrible statistics about this shit. Like I'm gonna fucking read these statistics really fast. Um, and the speed up the Is it because <laughs> in the journal article entitled "Boxing Acute Complications and Late"? I can't pronounce that word, but Han Forstel and his and his team of researchers in Germany reported that there have been an average of ten boxing deaths per year since 1900. Of these deaths, over 80 percent were due to head and neck injuries suffered in the ring. Mike Towell had brain had a severe brain bleed in his skull. He was complaining of headaches before his fight, and everyone chalked it up to just oh, typical migraines, maybe from dehydration cutting weight, that kind of thing. This goes back to why fighters shouldn't be cutting weight so much. Yeah. Because that high because they'll chalk up headaches to that instead of saying, you need to get checked out. You might have a cerebral hematoma. You might have a serious brain bleed that can cause fucking death. But it's crazy how they're wrapping their hands. It's crazy how NFL and boxing can have the same similarities of like, no, you're it's this thing. It's not that. It's not due to the sport. It's not due to our rules. It's due to you. You're the problem, not the sport and the rules that we have in place. I feel like that's a the big that's like, like it's that's hard. like a obvious thing right now. With no, you're right. I mean, you're right. You're right. When you like when your family was yelling at you, it's like, well, you put me in football. There's a very I, of course, there's I'm a angry. very there's a very like, through line with all of these sports right now and and it, i think it's because that we started going towards more like okay let's um pad everybody up let's add more safety let's wrap their hands let's add bigger gloves let's uh put them in pads let's give them a helmet let's do all this stuff whereas before we didn't have now it was still there head trauma was still there and concussions were still there but before we had all these tapings before we had all these big ass gloves before we had helmets for instance there wasn't nearly as much of all this there stuff were that we're seeing helmets. now, yeah, now it's, it, it's coming out in tenfold. Whereas before, it would only come out like, well, this person, this person, and because this person. Because it's taking so as fucking long. As a player crazy, in football, yeah. like when you have that extra padding, you're more like you're not afraid to fucking full three hundred forty pounds of fucking muscle, just all this freight train of energy Ooh, yeah. into another guy. So it's not going to be fun. So you're not afraid to get yourself hurt or the other guy hurt because you got all this padding and that, you know, head helmet to helmet. And that's what causes those horrible concussions, which like, like you said, I think it is slightly avoidable in football, but when in combat sports, I, the point is to render the guy unconscious. Yep. Like football, it's a side effect. It can happen, but it's not the point. The point is to get the ball on that side of the field and score a point yep. in combat sports. I mean, at least in May, you do have like submissions and stuff that can be avoided. You know, that can avoid tap some outs, trauma, yeah. like you know, getting choked out. Like you get, you know, for a second, yeah. tap, all that kind of that thing. That doesn't help at all. Oxygen to the brain. Yeah, yeah but yeah, it doesn't mentally. No one does something. Yeah, something yeah. hitting you to where it's doing that. It's your brain literally an moving impact. around yeah. in your skull. Yeah. It's like an impact that causes that effect. Yeah. Yeah. Your brain moves around inside the liquid of your skull, and your body says, "Shut it down. Shut it all down. <laughs> Shut it the fuck down. <laughs> we got serious repairs to do." Like and, and like that. Like, we need to I, lay new carpet. We need to. <laughs> and as my, I, I just, I, I wish we knew 
how to fucking stop these these kind of things from happening. At the very least, figure out a way to predict them responsibly. So we a can better keep the way, fighters fighting. A better way yeah. of saying like, okay, like we had, there's some way to figure out how to. Yeah, build. I still want them to fight. So what are you? What are you saying that there shouldn't you be mean, any I want fighting? Future brain injuries, not fucking. You know what I mean? I mean, it's a funny joke, no, and no, it's no. it's fair. You're right. It's I'm fair. Out as an outsider, I could say this. Uh, as an outsider, I'm challenging you. So what do you do? Do you get do you get rid of all these things? Then? Oh no, we play golf. As an outsider, that's not gonna okay. Oh, that but what solves about the, the brain damage? Just saying. Okay, but see, I think okay, okay. I think the biggest uh, thing right here. No, is I don't know. Like, it's sad. If you it eliminate all these sports, okay, it's sad. But let's eliminate all of them to, to um. Make sure that this doesn't happen to any more individuals. What's going to happen is now they're going to go out and get into street fights or stupid shit like that. It's just like the drug thing. It's just like the drug thing. Whenever somebody puts in uh, an Make illegal situation, the underground yep, version. Exactly. exactly. So that then everything as becomes well regulated. Dude, NFL people are stabbing each other and shit, trying to run that ball. So yeah, exactly. It's the re- thing when things become legal. They make it more accessible and not as criminalized. So it's basically they make drugs more safe for the common man and not as in uh, or like we alcohol. Were, I think we were going no, it's, it's prohibition. No, it's prohibition. Right it's it's gin. It's bathtub gin in comparison to fucking companies. I think, I, think, I think you guys are on the same thing. It's just maybe he's not. We're on the same page, but you're not on my page. You know what I mean, like, because it's the, it's the it's the same problem. Is if you make it illegal, people are still gonna want to do it. Yeah. But now since there's no organization, they're gonna do it super underground. And underground doesn't know how to regulate shit. It's more dangerous. More deaths will happen. But if you keep it regulated, people are gonna like. Oh, if you have a choice between fighting underground or fighting professionally, like you're gonna go professionally. Like with the regulations and with all that stuff, it's a better opportunity. You don't have to look over your fucking shoulder. You know what I mean? So you have to have these things legal. And it's so hard to try and like in a sport where the point is to render the other person unconscious. Yeah. Like that is. It's like how do you? <laughs> it's not to kill the person. Yeah, it's it's yeah. right in the middle of the podcast. Look at look at Dale Evans is completely like I hope that he like psychologically can recover and resume his career. I hope he realizes it's not his fault. I mean, he, the man is devastated and tired. I, I didn't want this. This is the last thing I wanted to happen. Like I'm like that he's also like in a bad place mentally because of what happened to his opponent. And I really hope that he can like just not be yeah. tortured by this. At the very don't be Mentally, tortured by this yeah. for the your life. Like Stevie brought up Ray Mancini and Dooku Kim. Ray Mancini was tortured for years after that. He didn't want to fight anymore, right? His kids were teased, and they said that your father is a killer. He's a murderer. Like they had to live through that shit. It's a very because horrible of a sport. Thing. Because of a sport that he loved doing. Because he was excited about doing it. Okay, it's upsetting. Okay. So last question. Let's let's bring it all down. Okay. What? Last question for the Best sports, and then we'll do the book. Okay. We'll be done. Where do you draw the line? Where do you draw the line? When is the line drawn? When is it like, okay, well, this is too much and you uh, can't do this. Right, I don't when have... religion comes into the aspect of sports, that's You're where I draw the line. So that's why I think okay, Gordon so needs to fucking retire. Okay, so, like I said, Sorry. I have no idea how you could really get rid of deaths completely from boxing. I have no idea. Um, it's an impact sport. I mean, I've been, you're beating like, each other's ass. So, so I mean, do you, get, been, rid, do you been, get rid of impact sports? I've not, no. I've, like, I've not just been following the sport for 11 years, but I've watched every bit of old footage I can get my hands on, going all the way back to fucking guys like Bob Fitzsimmons and, Stan, and Stanley Ketchell and Jack Johnson, guys like that, all the way, you know, all the way till now. I've seen all these old guys and I've heard all these old stories and I've researched it as hard as I possibly can because it's my life's greatest passion. And then none of that, and none of that have I heard anyone really give a good idea of what you can do outside of finding out 
that oh you're in trouble if you fight one more time like yeah like, that's like more like more uh, comprehensive brain scans to see like oh no you're in danger you're re- in real danger you can't fight again like that's the best way to avoid death that i can see at the moment is better fucking no. like for all fighters who turn pro like there's more more comprehensive like checkups I feel like to find out when you're in the real danger. And I feel like this is serious. Like, I'm not even joking. Like, for the benefit of the sport, I'm honestly serious. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few is what it seems like. As in the entertainment purposes outweigh the needs of the entertainers. That's yeah. what I get out of it. Well, it's like, I mean, that's been the struggle from the yeah. beginning, of course. You put yourself uh, in the I mean, most danger. The Fuck, and that's one scary, of the things man. that, like, as a, as a hardcore fight fan, it's something that you kind of wrestle with sometimes. Of you box well, loving, you loving, <laughs> like well, we can love the technique and beauty of the sport, but no matter how much we can say we're boxing purists or MMA purists, we still love a brawl. We love a great knockout. We love the brutality of our sports, and that's and average fan at too. The same they time, want that. at the that's... same time to fucking Man, love the purity. Like you're so conflicted. To love as, the like, beauty as of a it. purist, you're so yeah. conflicted. You love the beauty of the technique and the skill involved, but you love the brutality of all the guys going in there. You love the heart, determination, but at the same time you hate to see them hurt and you're like, well the stuff that I love is directly causing the shit that's really <laughs> fucking... Dude, like, that's so fucking weird. Like you're constantly oh wrestling God. with this and especially, <laughs> and like, and every now and then like, you'll see a stoppage <laughs> that you, your instant is like, oh that was oh, too soon of a stoppage. Soon. Like just recently, this past month, best this past month, crazy. the best. Dude, listen, shut up. We're all thinking now. God, <laughs> the number one pound for pound fighter in women's boxing, uh, Cecilia Brakus, uh, undefeated, um, twenty nine and zero. She's made like eighteen defenses of the a welterweight title in women's boxing. Dude, she's 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 a great fighter. Um, she just recently fought a girl for the first. She's from Norway. It's the first time that Norway made women's boxing legal, and she finally got to fight in her home fucking country against this guy, this woman named Anne. Oh, you said the guy. Yeah, it's her yeah, country. That's yeah, why she yeah, fought in her country. Yeah. <laughs> and Sophie Mathis, and it was a real tense fight. Like a lot of guesswork going on the first few rounds, and then she connects with a big shot and has Mathis hurt, and she's genuinely hurt, and she's trying to follow up on the ropes, but. Mathis isn't completely out on her feet. She's still defending. She's not out of it. The referee jumped in and knockout win for the champ. And I'm like, my first reaction was, what the fuck? That was too soon. You should have gave her a chance. The championship fight, you're supposed to give her a moment to fight back. That was a soon stoppage. Let him brawl it out. And then I stopped for a second. I was like, holy fuck. Mike Tao just died. I, ju- I was just thinking about that. And now here I am in this really whoa, just whoa, whoa. vicious moment in my own head thinking, yeah, fucking let them kill each other. I'm like, wait a minute. No, a death just happened this Yeah, way. yeah, death happened for a man, Adney. Okay, so that's the difference. You are such a piece And of an shit. American, so let's get Rab- real here. He was Scottish. Rab- oh, whatever. Rab- oh, Rab- um, Rab- Scottish Rab- is basically English, so but we're going to go with Okay, just to end it on a you light lock note. it up. Shut up. To end it on <laughs> an optimistic note, something that I'm actually really excited about in the future of women's boxing as a matter of fact um marlena sparza who won a bronze medal in the olympics in the uh very first olympics that had women's boxing she was a teammate of clarissa shields um she like after she won her bronze medal she said she wasn't gonna turn pro and that she wasn't really fighting since then she was just kind of enjoying her life she just recently announced that she is gonna turn pro she signed with golden boy promotions She's going to be promoted by one of the best promoter, biggest promoters in boxing. She's turning pro, just like her old teammate, Clarissa Shields. Um, really excited for Esparza. 
a really talented fighter. I think she has a bright future ahead of her. And also, really fucking nice person. That and he doesn't care if two women kill each other. But um, oh, you know, God. the males... Stop bringing it down. <laughs> you brought it up and down. You rollercoasting the whole podcast. You keep changing the mood, though. I'm trying to make things okay. You're making me upset. You had a book suggestion, right? No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, you have one. That's why it's on your thing. No, he put that on there. I did. You put this on me. <laughs> Come with me, Jimmy Bobby, and we're so going to have it. I need to talk about boxing at the library. <laughs> library. Like oh, Come with me, Jimmy Bobby, and we're going to have it. I need to talk about boxing at the library. At the library, at a knee, Bereno, and <laughs> I did want to do something different because, you know, I usually give you a comic book, and I'm like, oh, I need to suggest a comic book, but why not hand you a book that I have in my library that is something that you're interested in? I just buy books, and I don't read them, so maybe this you'll be interested. You know? Wait, you bought this book? You bought this book. I bought every book, bro. Look you at this. You actually bought it for me, but I actually already had a copy. Yeah. <laughs> That book, it's called Boxing's Greatest Fighter. See, Abney doesn't even need to read the back. He's it's I'll tell you who wrote it. It was written by Burt Randolph Sugar, who has been a hero of mine since I got into boxing. And I always tell people, my cousin's the fucking, he's the Burt Sugar of the young generation. Except he doesn't have the cigar or the hat. Burt, yeah, Burt Randolph Sugar was incredibly noticeable. He's actually in a couple of movies, including uh, the sixth Rocky movie, Rocky Balboa. Um, Every fighter knows who he uh, is. Burt, he was he was like this, you know, old white guy. He always had his fucking geezer gangster. He Yo, always had his fedora. Frank on. Sinatra hat. He always oh. had a cigar. He usually wore crazy plaited pants. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Always suited up. Um, he was very charismatic. He was a great storyteller and a phenomenal boxing historian. I learned so much. Back on tour, my friend. Just listening to Burt Randolph Sugar on shows like ESPN's Ringside which was like an hour, an hour, hour, hour after hour marathon. Of and if people fighters. saw him, they would assume he's some old Italian. Like, I swear, yeah. he, <laughs> he has that look of like this old Italian mafia man who's explaining fighting. Like, he would, and he almost looks like the kind of guy that would have uh, bought fights. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, Bert, and he, he's like really old. And he, he was in the story, right? Used to always, he used to always say, like, I've been around boxing and covering boxing for so long that I wrote about Cape versus Abel. You know what I mean? Like, he was this really... Fun guy who told all these incredible stories about boxing, and when I first got into boxing, Listen and I was, sh- and I was, I was trying to learn, and it was like when I was trying to learn more about the history of it, like and everything. Like I basically, what made me fall in love with boxing was two people: Arturo Gatti for what he did in the ring, and Burt Randolph Sugar for what he said about the ring. Um, he's an incredible writer, incredible storyteller, and this book that he wrote it actually last, it was last published in two thousand and five, so it was a little old. But it's a it's a list basically it's a thick thick ass book of the fifty greatest fighters. Uh, who's number one? Sugar Ray Robinson. That's fair. Uh, and just like it just it deta- it goes it takes each of these fighters a lot of people that you would have never even if you're a hardcore fight fan you'd never heard of, um, and it would just get into detail about it would show their it shows their records it shows what weight classes what they did why they're considered the greatest fighters it gives you interesting stories of their lives of who they were as a person give you insight into them and then of course their actual accomplishments what's funny is uh like ring magazine known as the bible of boxing started like 1910 uh stat you know a well-respected you know thing but after a couple of years it started to lose that respect like in like the 50s around that kind of era like people were like oh it's just a trash magazine blah 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 
until Burt came along and became editor-in-chief. It completely turned it around and became its so much more popular magazine, so much more respected magazine, and that's why still people call it the Bible of Boxing. That's why I subscribe to it. Yeah, he's the Stan Lee of the Boxing <laughs> magazine. Not just the digital copy either. It goes from like what he considers the very greatest, and then it goes up to 50. The first fighter, of course, in the book is the great Sugar Ray Robinson, whose real name, Walker Smith Jr., uh, he he didn't have money. No, don't need history on him okay. right now. We Sorry, my bad. Fuck That's it. Real. The book is called Boxing's Greatest Fires. It's a fantastic fucking read. Burt Randolph Sugar is an incredible storyteller. I wish people could Jerry hear his voice. Did. If they yeah. knew his voice, they'd be able to read. Because when you read that, it would have to be in his voice. Yeah, his is. voice is so fucking... so funny. He reminds me of Grandpa, dude. Hella bad. It's like this old guy. Good fucking cigar in his fucking mouth. He's a quintessential Italian. Like that, every time I see him, it's crazy. It's fucking hilarious. And you find us all here at the end of the Alcoholicast. What is this episode fucking fifty, dude? This is episode fifty. It's pretty fucking sweet, right? What's beyond? Wait, 50? this is episode fifty-one. This, is 51? this, is this is episode fifty, my friend. Too bad it's gonna air after after episode fucking fifty-one. No, it's not. What do you mean? Oh, no, wait, my bad. I'm thinking about the next one. My bad. Forget I said it. All right, let's start up. That's going to end it for the alcohol, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Adney fucked up, but we're not going to mention that. We're going to add all that out. Because, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, man. You know, it's been a good fucking night. I had fun. I had a bunch of fun. We're going to still have fun. All right? Tell them, Adney. Tell them how much fun we're going to have. <laughs> bunch of be honest with the podcast. A bunch of it. All the, all the fun. <laughs> All the fun. We're gonna, and you can find we're us gonna all. We're going to get that DMT on our one-year anniversary. And that CBD. Uh, one-year anniversary episode. That BD. going to be all about how we saw our fucking demons and, and punched them in their turkey <laughs> fucking necks. Mine's going to have a demon neck. Like, a turkey neck is too generic for it. It would want to come out. Oh, like you got creative demons and I got generic oh. demons? Oh, oh, my demons? Oh, you probably never heard of them. That <laughs> <laughs> hipster demons. My demons are on this thing called fucking uh, Demon Book, right? Where demon like uh, you have to actually search for it. It's weird. I, I did not once bring up the fact that John Molina was dressed as the Riddler in his fight. Oh. Well, you just did, so yeah. <laughs> now you brought it up. He's probably on. Oh man, what? He didn't want to do it. <laughs> You're supposed to do it. God damn it. What cocaine? Cocaine.